0: Hey
1: everybody, you're listening to the How to Have Threesomes podcast.
2: I'm Key. And I'm Lily. We've been together for seven years in a relationship style we call monogamish.
1: This podcast is going to give you everything you need to build a stronger relationship with your partner, create healthy boundaries, and communicate honestly.
2: We're going to help you have fun, safe, sexy adventures and have the best threesomes of your life. Ready? Here we go. Before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to tell you that the How to Have Threesomes video course is now open for enrollment.
1: We have spent years working on this project and are so, so excited to share it with you.
2: In this course, we teach you all of our secrets for finding your ideal unicorn, from navigating dating apps and play parties to forming connections with friends and with professionals.
1: Regardless of your experience level, this video course is full of actionable tips, tricks, and worksheets, like the needs list, kinky questionnaire, and what makes a high converting Tinder bio.
2: We show you how to express your deepest desires without destroying a relationship, plus how to maintain excitement with your partner.
1: If you want to have the best threesomes of your life, this is the video course for you.
2: We are now also offering coaching for people who want that individual attention. Some of the best money we ever spent was on a professional to help guide us through our challenging times.
1: And not every therapist is trained to navigate non-monogamy, so if you and your partner want some extra support in these tricky situations, we're here for you guys.
2: Another thing that we're offering is a sexy getaway. Come and spend a week with us on a tropical island. We're gonna take you on some amazing experiences like hiking waterfalls, partner acro, fire dancing, and some crazy party nights. We've also teamed up with experts to bring you workshops in Tantra, Shibari, trust building, and pickup.
1: Plus, personalized photo shoots to show off the best version of yourself online. By the end of the retreat, you'll be more confident, have a better connection with your partner, and a deeper understanding of your desires. This retreat will be a bunch of wild and sexy times, and we're stoked to bring you guys out here.
2: We're offering the video course and the coaching on teachable.com. If you want more details about the couples retreat, we have a form you can fill out. All the links will be available in the show notes or on the how to How threesomes Instagram.
1: You guys are also welcome to reach out to us directly for coaching or anything else you might need. Hello, everybody. We are back today with a brand new friend uh, who I actually thought was Jenna. The last episode we had, which was awkward, but this is not Jenna. <laughs> if you can't tell, this is Aaron, um, who reached out like 24 hours apart. And their profiles are somewhat similar. She also specializes in like pleasure and orgasms, and all these good things that people need to have in their lives. But this is a brand new person <laughs> with brand new stories, and we're very excited to have you. So thanks. Who are you? Where are you from? How
0: did you end up here? Hmm.
3: Well, I'm Australian. Traditionally I left Australia in two thousand sixteen when my marriage ended. Mm-hmm. So I've been basically nomadic for that time and I would come to ba- I've been travelling to Bali for nearly twenty years. So I was in and out of Bali, in and out of Hawaii.
1: And LA. And LA. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Countless times to LA as well. I was a flight attendant for 10 years. So oh, I wow. spent, yeah, spent, well, nearly 10 years. So I spent a lot of my life traveling. I'm interrupting. So, Have
1: you ever had sex on a plane?
3: Uh, I've had lesbian sex on a plane. Yes! <laughs> that's
1: fucking awesome. I suppose that's, that
3: easy? It's, it's a weird thing to even define as lesbian sex, but like, I have definitely you engaged up sexually on a plane. On a plane. Yes, <laughs> well
2: done. So there are perks to being a flight attendant. Yeah. Was, it, was it while you were a flight attendant?
3: Uh, it was while I was a flight attendant, but it wasn't while I was working. Okay, <laughs> okay. So there she's fine. There's no conflict of interest there. Okay, so you're a flight attendant, and yep. then nomadic, traveled around a bunch. Yep, exactly.
0: Oh yeah, okay. and so
3: I'm I'm now a sexuality coach. Mm-hmm. I've been a coach since twenty ten, and. Well, 2010, I met my first coach. I started training in 2011, and that is also just diversified with time. And sexuality is just something that was like nudging me, and I was like, "No, I'm never going to do that." My ex-wife said to me, like, when I was 21, I think, "I think you're here to work in sexuality," and I was like, "No, I would never do that." (laughs) Like so much resistance, and I was like, "What did did you have against it? Was it it? like we were raised
1: conservatively,
0: or no, not at all?"
3: I think because I had my own sexually traumatic past Mm -hmm. that I had to overcome. I was like, "I'm never going back there. I don't want to be in that." energy or dealing with those kind of issues like once you mm-hmm. climb out of that pain it's, i just didn't want to look back yeah. so i felt like by helping people in that realm you still have to keep one foot in that world mm-hmm. and help people transition out of that trauma and i just had so much resistance to it like i didn't want to carry the burden of it it's obviously such a huge thing on our planet sexual trauma
0: mm-hmm.
3: and so yeah i just got to a point where i was like oh Aaron, <laughs> he needs to stop
1: resisting <laughs> and then you came and helped the world and spread your magic yeah. Um, so how old were you when you would say you discovered your sexuality? You remember having your first flirtation or... Yeah, I
3: remember starting to masturbate at eight. Okay. Yeah, and, um, actually it might have been on one of the episodes I listened to you guys. Someone was talking about, um, their first sexual experiences or their first kiss or whatever, and they were talking about a guy, and I was like, oh, wow. All of my first sexual experiences were with females.
0: Mm
3: hmm And I couldn't have even... I didn't even kiss a guy until I was 16, so... Yeah, and back then I also didn't have any idea about my sexual identity. Like that just felt very normal for me. So yeah, I was definitely very sexual as a child and like almost compulsively sexual as well. And then I didn't have what I would consider healthy outlets for it. And so I was like in online chat rooms, like (laughs) doing dodgy shit with strangers. You know, like this was the beginning of the internet. So I used to come home from school, download the chat rooms. Have cyber sex with complete strangers all afternoon and delete the program before my parents got home and then the next day download it again That's sneaky. <laughs> yeah oh so God. i was like stealing porn and stuff like that but all of it made me feel shit. all of mm-hmm. it left me with this disgusting feeling in my stomach but i couldn't stop doing it either and so now as an adult as i've gone back to kind of connect with these parts of myself i realized there were no healthy role models for sexuality there was no other outlet for this strong energy I felt inside myself, so I was doing that. But then that's compounding sense of shame and judgment, and like, mm. it's just gross, you know. I think a lot of people who first start exploring the internet, uh, their sexuality on the internet, have similar kind of feelings. Like,
2: what, what would you describe as a sexually, uh, <laughs> as a healthy sexual outlet?
3: Um, having a high level of self worth and people who trust and who you trust and respect, sharing your body with those. Um, And anything that doesn't perpetuate shame. (laughs) It can be literally anything. You know, my roommate talks about sacred sexuality a lot, and I'm like, what is that? Like, to me, it's all sacred. I would love that defined at some point. Yeah, like, for me, I bring sacredness into all that I do now, so I can just be the dirtiest, filthiest whore and still see it as sacred. But as I've been questioning it with her a bit, I'm like, oh, she's looking for a soul connection, like a deep, emotional, energetic connection, which I appreciate and I like also, but it's not completely necessary for me. Maybe because I'm at such a place of acceptance and understanding my own sexuality now, it's very easy to discern who I want to share it with and it doesn't need to be spiritual every single time. But for me, my inner world is quite spiritual all the time anyway, so I kind of get the experience I need from it even if someone else isn't like, we're having soul sex right now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I feel like it's a lot more common for women especially like the first time they engage with anything online or porn to have those weird feelings like mm. the first time that key found anything like have you ever felt weird about it or like like shameful or was it always just kind of like well, you don't want your parents to find out you know? <laughs> yeah but
2: up. there is there's this one fucking terrible time when i was like 15 years old and i'd like been looking up porn probably on like a shared computer Uh-oh. and then i remember my mom brought over like this other mom and like a daughter and she was my age and she was like went to type something up and she's like <laughs> she started reading like the history and I was like it no. sort of, like everyone in the house and I was like fuck no. was, that was pretty shameful right there I was like fuck I like, didn't talk for like four days do
1: like, you remember what type of shit you'd been looking up at that age was it just like boobs or were you no, actually like no proper?
2: when I was like 15 it was like when I was like 10 or 8 oh. that was like the, like, <laughs> 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 the boobs.com com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same stuff I like look up today. to be
1: honest. <laughs> <laughs> at least so you're consistent. Bad. Yeah, I very clearly remember hearing about some boy in our class had gotten in trouble at a sleepover because he had started telling his friends what porn was, mm. and they'd all tried to look it up. And then all of a sudden, everyone in the school knew that porn was a thing, but that we weren't supposed to talk wow. about it. And someone was handing around a slip of paper with, like, some website I don't even know if this website's still up, but it was like, welivetogether.com, which to me didn't even sound... I'm like, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. It's like friends doing something. And me and my friend, of course, immediately go home to her bedroom and we're like, 11? open her computer and we're just like we live together.com and immediately opens like that big pop-up where it's just some girl getting like railed in the ass and we're like ah oh god and we like slam the computer she started crying oh we were like we're like what was that thing going into her we're like oh my god i didn't see porn again for like four or five years i was like that was horrifying and now i look back and go oh that was just some like low budget porn she's making noise but i was going was that pain noises was that girl crying i can't even tell like I can relate to that. I went through
3: large, large windows of my life really judging porn and also Mm -hmm. feeling bad about it. But now, because I understand that I'm a demisexual, Mm -hmm. I require emotional connection to feel arousal. And so when you see porn without context, you don't see emotional connection. So anyone that has that need can be really confronted by porn and misunderstand it. Mm -hmm. And then once I started to understand, I was like, oh, this isn't all bad because other people's sexuality is different from mine or other people can be turned on by different things. And again, I can bring those elements into my experience now and be selective about what porn I want to see. And like, especially, do you know Balesa? No. Balesa is a feminist porn site. Oh, So yeah, do you spell
1: that for people?
3: I should know because I type it into my browser every time because I always use the incognito windows. Yep. I never let it yeah, leave yeah, a history. I've learned, I've learned my, my and as a fully grown 40-year-old <laughs> full no, autonomy, I'm still
0: clearing the history. history.
3: <laughs> you never know when you're going to open your phone in front of someone or yep. whatever. Uh, I think it's B E, double L E S A. We will try to tag po. that in the
1: description for you guys. Yeah. Check so,
3: it out. all of their uh, actors are well paid and have consent practices and blah, 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 blah. And it's often not so focused on the man's ejaculation.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, it's a, a safer. Place for people to browse and you can set the settings to I want sensual or passionate oh, or rough and I'm always oh, wow. like <laughs> <laughs> All
0: end of All the right, other does it
3: get hardcore enough for me now but as a starting place for
1: people that are resistant to porn especially women it's an excellent place to yeah, start and it also something like it could be a good place for couples because I know sometimes you guys reach out to us and they're like oh you know my girlfriend or even sometimes like oh my husband doesn't want to watch porn with me because xyz we're comparing or mm. and I'm like maybe just go for something that's like kind of Central and sweet and sexy in the back but you don't have to go for like watching a gangbang together like just find something that is comfortable and then maybe like try each other's flavor a little bit once you're used to it so so another
2: question do you have any like preferred search terms or anything like that to find that stuff because like i know for me a lot of what i like looked up when i was trying to find something that felt like it had more connection was like amateur stuff when it's like between like a a partner you know a couple that like already love each other and you know they're not necessarily doing it it's
1: more for exhibitionism but you can tell they're actually into it they're not
2: just so so i usually put in romantic romantic
1: romantic angle
3: romantic (laughs) angle there you go no but But if i feel like something that's going to stroke the emotions i'll always put the word romantic in it and it tends to just be focus a little bit more on the connection between the actors but like i'm such a hardcore person myself that I love the intense stuff. You're
1: like, we're going to see the intro, skip forward a little bit.
3: Yeah. Always skimming forward to the good bits. Yeah. I don't sit there for the, um, yeah, romantic hardcore. That could be like, a
2: (laughs) A new website. Yeah.
3: And my personal branding. (laughs) Got a new business idea right there. Yeah. Everything falls under the category of romantic hardcore. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But like for me, I don't sit there. I don't really need the storyline. I actually have these dreams of creating porn myself or directing porn myself using my own erotic creativity because that just sometimes, like, I'm just having a 100 ideas at once of all the ways that we could fuck. But actually really focusing on the emotionality mm-hmm. so people feel something. Because, you know, when you watch a good movie and it's like, oh, God, I got goosebumps when she said that or I was crying when she was crying. Like, there's a way of transmitting emotions. And I think what they've failed, what I've never found it anyway, really emotional porn. And so for anyone else that's like, yeah, actually, that idea of demisexual of, like, I can be completely asexual when I'm not met emotionally. Like it was like a light switch, and I thought I was broken. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can it be that I can be such a whore and a nun? You know, like <laughs> nothing. Like, ugh, what are you? I'm a nun. Yeah. <laughs> Also, one of my childhood dreams. I did legitimately want to be a nun, or the woman on Wheel of Fortune who spun the letters around. Really? So I'm like, either objectify me completely, or I'm a nun. <laughs> That's such an interesting polarity. You're I like, I
1: can't be in the middle. It has to be one no, or the extreme. other. No, extreme.
3: Everything's extreme. So yeah, wouldn't it be amazing to like create porn not with some stupid storyline of like, oh, hello, milkman. You know, like I can't pay for it. What can oh, I do? My boobs are falling out of my shirt. Like. I don't know who actually gets off on that. Like, there must, they obviously catering to an audience because they all dress like that, they all act like that, they all sound like that. But in reality, if some girl came and dressed like that, would we instantly want to fuck her?
2: I think it's, I honestly think it might just be budgetary constraints. They don't have enough money for a good fucking (laughs) Good plot line, good actors. A real milkman.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's a billion dollar industry. That money's going somewhere. But yeah, unfortunately, it's not. I don't know there are some like movie cinema graphic movies that have porn in it but again that's not really what I'm looking for I just need to feel like make me feel like if a man walked in and took his woman and said I fucking love you and do you fucking trust me you know like just really do you trust me and you could feel that she's like of course I trust you know like somehow portray that depth of love and trust Mm. great well you're my dirty little whore right now and then just fucking smash her in every possible way (gasps) And that's
1: what we're looking for. It wouldn't take for. that long.
3: You're like, literally, the first two, three minutes, just focus on the fact that you trust me. Do you try, Like, watch her drop into that submission of trust, and then just like, and bring all the men in. in.
0: <laughs>
1: and then the doors open, the yeah. floodgates. So maybe I'm gonna make that like a random shout out to you guys. If any of you know of such things, send us a link. Maybe I'll make a little <laughs> highlight story for like the best types of porn that we have found that are like a little yes. bit. Classy or more in depth or like not we're just cool. like stepmom, you know, fucking the milkman type of shit. Yeah. Like yeah. a little bit more I don't know. A bit of depth to a bit it. A bit of depth. Okay. So send me your in depth And if not searches. just give me the
3: extra validation that I should go out and do it.
1: I like that. I like that. So I wanna loop back real quick. So you said that in your like beginning of life everything you did was with girls and mm-hmm. you hadn't kissed a boy till you were mm-hmm. like sixteen or something. But you also mentioned that you were first married to a woman, yeah. So how? What was the arc of,
0: of discovery there?
3: Crazy Rob, forty year journey of coming to understand who I am. Um, so yeah, I still remember kissing that boy from the skate bowl in the afternoon after school. But I think because uh, typical teenage boys do not stoke my emotionality, it was always yeah. this awkwardness, and I just didn't feel anything with them. But with females, the emotionality is very present, so it was easy to mm-hmm. explore. So yeah, I still remember kissing that boy for the first time. And then... And did, did he stoke your emotionality?
2: Like, was no, there some sort of... There no, was no connection there? It, yeah, no, it was terrible. He was just like, hey, do you want to yeah.
3: kiss? And I grew up in like a rough area of Brisbane. To, no, it wasn't too rough, but it was out of suburbia, you know. The standards that are set for you by what is demonstrated mm-hmm. is... Ter- like, these guys do. They sit around the skate bowl, getting stoned. That's the quality of man available to you. So you just settle for that. Yeah. You don't even realise that there could be more. But, yeah, just looking back, I can see my resistance to feeling connected to guys which tend to be because there's no emotional connection. So, yeah, then I had this boyfriend in high school and I lost my virginity to him and I remember being way too sexual for him to handle and, like, his discomfort and his shame. And really? Yeah. it was. I often think back, could he have been bisexual? Could he have... He's now with a kid, I think, he's got a female partner and a kid, not so... That n- not necessarily... Not exactly, but I, I haven't got that feeling that, mm-hmm. like, he's not really that into me, or, like, something about me or my sexuality is not naturally arousing, and you think most teenage boys would be like, sweet, I've got you a take woman... anything. Yeah, and that wasn't there, mm-hmm. but, again, I do have this tendency to very uh, intimidate partners, or if the, especially men with the pressure to, I need to perform, I need to please this woman... And if they can sense, like, oh, she's a very intense, very deep, very large sexual woman, if I am afraid of failure, that maybe I won't even go there in the first place. So it could have been some of that there so too. Do you
1: feel like you were the one actually pushing it then? Absolutely,
3: oh. every time.
1: Look at that. So every how, time. Please, please you and help let me suck your dick. dick.
3: Please, please, <laughs> let me suck your dick.
1: I think that's oh, like I'm every teenage boy's dream. In the idea. Yes. he's scared. He's like, I can't. You can't suck my dick anymore. My mom's it. home in the
3: kitchen. I can't get hard. I'm like, oh. This Where would you like times. to do this then? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like.
0: Where were you guys when I was 16?
1: <laughs> Jeez. So how, how was he? Was he the same age as you?
3: Yeah, we were in the same grade. And so you're yeah. like coming forward. He's like, I can't. I yeah. tap out. I
0: tap out. And then
3: at some point it switches off. And then I feel like there's something wrong with me. But huh. I, like if I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel emotionally connected. And we had a definitely an emotionally dysfunctional relationship. So when I got out of that two years later, so I must have been 19. I just like partied. Do you know what I mean? I just went wild to a fault. Like I was going down a very slippery slope. So I was partying a lot and I was having a lot of like, just wild drug fueled, nameless sex. But you was know? it fun? Um, <laughs> when I look back, because I didn't have high self-worth, mm-hmm. it always came with a feeling of feeling shit as well. While mm-hmm. it was fun in the moment, I thought, oh, this is wild and crazy, fuck two people in a day, you know, just go from one house to another, or like pick up people in the club and go home and fuck and whatever. Mm-hmm. It never really sat well Mm -hmm. because there was this sense of self-destruction behind it. I think I was using drugs and sex to self-destruct. And so by this time I have lesbian friends everywhere and it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just like, gays know how to party. You know, like we're just, these are my people. And so I don't think at that point I ever thought that I'd have a relationship with a woman. I think for me sexuality was just sexuality. I didn't even put a bisexual label on it or I did maybe because I had to, but it wasn't like... coming out thing it was just like oh i like her i like him and i had this uh this friend of mine is still in my life now but she and i were just fucking trouble you know we would go out and we would fuck Mm. everyone and once we took home this guy that was um he worked at warner brothers movie world which is kind of like disneyland or whatever you guys have here and he played scooby-doo
1: Oh my god! You fucked the Scooby Doo guy. We fucked Scooby Doo <laughs> together.
3: Yes, and I remember we were both on all fours and he was doing this from behind. I was like, bang, it's Scooby Doo, and no. we were like high
1: fived in the middle of it. <laughs> you
0: tag team Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah. Was Was that the main mo- like the main appeal? Was that it was Scooby Doo, or do you actually like, like him? Was he hot? He was
3: great. He was no, he wasn't hot in a stereotypical kind of way. Okay. But I never really fall for just hot. I need something juicier, you know, okay. something deeper. And he was an amazing kind of eccentric character. I can
1: imagine. (laughs) I can only fucking imagine. (laughs) Oh my god. So during that crazy party time, so you were fucking guys and girls, was it like equal like fifty fifty? Uh Hmm. Like were you feeling more drawn to one or the other emotionally or physically or was just
3: kind of... Well, now I would say yes. Back then I can't really remember because it was 20 years ago, but now someone said, to, my previous partner was like, are you a lesbian with bisexual tendencies or are you bisexual with lesbian, lesbian tendencies? tendencies? I'm like, oh, that's such a great question and I don't know. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking for a one-on-one partner now, it's almost always a guy. Mm-hmm. I think that there's this complementary opposite energy that's very satisfying that comes through the masculine very easily. But whenever it's a couple, I'm always drawn to the female more. Hmm. So, yeah, it's so complex. And there's no, <laughs> my sexuality is an ever unfolding understanding of myself. Oh, it's very amazing. hard You're like to like a kaleidoscope. Define. You have yeah, all these different aspects. Exactly. To you. And so it depends on the person, it depends on the scenario, and all these different things. But back then, when we were partying, I met the woman that was to become my wife. And from the second mm. I met her, I still remember exactly where we were, what she was wearing. It was just like this struck by lightning moment of like, That is the coolest chick I've ever met. Like I was, I couldn't even talk. I was just like, who did we just meet? You know, but back then, uh, now I would say it was love at first sight. But Mm -hmm. back then, I wasn't looking for love or relationships with women. So I I couldn't really interpret it. This bitch is
1: really cool. I need to spend all my time with her,
3: but I don't know how. (laughs) So I can see the ways in which I was very um, fluid with my sexuality, where I was very kinky, Mm -hmm. where I was very free. And when we got into relationship, that's not her sexual expression at all. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling her some stories, like, I'd be bragging to you. I was like, oh, my God, I, once, I fucked all these guys and blah, blah, blah. And she was very confronted by that. You know, she didn't understand. And I had this very conscious thought of, like, lock that away. Don't talk about that. Yeah, she can't. She doesn't yeah, want to hear that. Yeah, but And, like, I'm not going to be loved if I'm that thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh. So for the time that we were married, I would never have known that I was kinky. I didn't even really think about being bisexual i was just like i have chosen the woman that i want to spend my life with and hmm. we love the shit out of it. we had an amazing relationship and so i didn't give myself i just put walls up around that and was like this mm. is my life and this is what i've chosen and so subsequently since that marriage ended we were together for nearly 13 years oh. there was this huge exploration of taking those walls down yeah and being like is this really who i am am i the kinkiest, dirtiest <laughs> bisexual whore on the planet.
1: Wow, there I was thinking I was a little vanilla lesbian for so long. <laughs> so, uh, wait, so how long were you together with her before you got engaged, or, or got married rather? Uh, two years. Two, two years yep. of being like, I'm actually going to spend my life with a woman, yes. and then you were married for another well, ten. ten years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And you guys were monogamous?
3: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So the first time we, we were not monogamous, we went to this bar. One of our other lesbian friends was having a birthday. And one friend of ours said, oh, my God, girls, I've been meaning to introduce you to this other couple. I know you're going to get along. And so both couples, us and this other couple were at this party. We, we walked to the bar and then she's like, oh, Erin and so-and-so, this is so-and-so and so-and-so. And it was like immediate, oh, my God. So we're like, we're just going to place our order at the bar. And then my wife said, I'm going to go to the toilet. I was like, oh, yeah, me too. And we later found out that we each went into our own cubicle and was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Like, I just thought I was going to do something wrong. I'm yeah. going to breach the boundaries yeah. of my relationship in some way. And not, like, I have never, ever cheated. It's just not in my nature. I but I could see run Yeah, God. exactly. Oh. So in hindsight, we're both in our cubicles going, oh, my God, our marriage, what the hell? <laughs> so, again, it was this instant attraction. And so we were all just friends and just, like, they're a couple, we're a couple, no one's thinking about it. Like, I was probably 24 at mm-hmm. this age. My wife was two years younger than me. They were both maybe even younger than her. So early 20s, you Is know. another
1: lesbian couple? Yes. Okay.
3: And one day they were going travelling somewhere and they took a photo at the airport and sent it to us. Wish you guys were here. But we both worked in aviation. Okay. So we were like, oh, so that's our workplace. You, like, I don't, don't send us a photo of the airport. But we are in bed. So we were like... Wish you were here. And that's Yay. what kind of opened the door. Yeah. That was so, smooth. That was yeah. really smooth. It actually worked really well. So we had a really good time with them for about six months. Mm-hmm. Where we were almost in a relationship with all four of us. You know, it was always the four of us. It was never one or the other. It was always sharing. That was some of the best sexual experiences of my life, without doubt. Like the emotions were through the roof. You know, like we fucking loved each other. We adore like we would we it's just like got along. I know, and everyone was so fucking gorgeous too. <laughs> like just babes all fucking in a bed all the time. And afterwards we'd all sleep. I'm quite a lot taller and bigger than all of them. So <laughs> there were three tiny petite girls. So when we'd go to bed, I'd always have to be on the edge. I'm like, I'm not sleeping in the middle with all these bodies. It's too hot. And like, so see, I want
1: to like grab on did. top of you. We
3: would all spoon in one direction. And then oh. one of us, wanted, we're like ready to flip. And like all four of us would be like shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Oh my spoon God. Spoon in the other direction. <laughs> so you all lived together for? No, we lived close by oh, each other. So you'd other. have sleepovers. Yeah. Yeah. We'd spend a lot of time together. Can I
1: ask, why did that end? As um, most good things do. But yeah,
3: what? it got a little bit too unstable. Um, I think without that masculine energy, which of course can come through women, but there w- it was missing a groundedness. Mm-hmm. There were feelings going everywhere, emotions, like hints of jealousy of like, does she is she more attracted to my wife than me? So mm. it was getting a lot, but w- the main reason why my ex-wife stopped it was because one of the girls and the other couple looked so much like her. Like literally, they would go to clubs and people would be like, "Oh hey," and she's like, "That's not me." <laughs> and they go, to, "Oh hey," she's like, "That's not me." Like everyone, I would wonder why them. you were
1: so attracted to her. <laughs> you had twins.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, so and my ex-wife was like, "I." She looks too much like me. I can't keep doing. Like it would trip her out that this. Like she's basically fucking herself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it lived its.
2: So was so your partner time? more into the other girl then? Not the one that looked like I her?
3: I wouldn't ask, actually. I wouldn't know. I think, like, in general, it was pretty grounded yeah, yeah. at all. You know, like, at different times, you're drawn to different things, but I think, in general, it was pretty even keeled. But I think it lived its term, you know, six months of having a great time. And then we would just find naturally ourselves attracted to other. It tended always to be couples. It was hmm. never that often a single. Oh, actually, no. I remember once we were at this music festival. And, like, I, I share very easily. I'm very generous. I'm not a jealous person. Unless I feel deeply insecure about something, I tend to just want to share. Mm-hmm. So I see all these people eyeing off of my wife and I'm like, you like it, don't you? And
0: I'm like, oh.
3: you know, like getting a show. I'm like, you want to kiss her, don't you? You want yeah. some of that? Yeah. yeah. Right, go on. You can. And they're like, what, what? And I'm like, you can. Like, you know, I've got this pride of like, go, have her, take her. I know she's coming home with me. I don't doubt for a second that mm-hmm. she's coming home with me. So go and enjoy that. And I remember once we were <laughs> flying to, into LA actually, and I was a passenger and she was operating the aircraft. So I was sitting in business class while everyone's disembarking. Like, how many hundreds of people are on a trip to seven aircraft? Hundreds. Yeah. And I was like, did they all, I fuck you on the way. <laughs> did every person, and she's like, hm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you see the mums with kids eyeing her off, you see the dads eyeing her off. Like, she just had this magnetic energy. That like, yeah, is, that's mine. Yeah. So, so she was a pilot. No, she was cabin crew. We were both cabin crew. Yeah, so she just had that energy. And so a lot of straight girls or bi-curious girls were very drawn to her. She was kind of like the dream girl to try something with. She was androgynous and edgy enough that you knew that she wasn't typically straight, but she, wasn't, she was still relatable. So I think a lot of girls are like, this is my fantasy. And so I remember this one girl was chewing her face off at this music festival once, <laughs> sitting on a boyfriend's lap and staring at my ex-wife. And I was like, do you you like my wife? She's like, she's a baby. Choo-choo-choo-choo. And I was like, when I finally convinced her you can, she was like, she took the chewing gum out of her mouth, gave it to me, like, well, mesmerised and just, like, wandered over to kiss her. It's like she was, like, totally hypnotised by the fact that she gets to kiss her. So, yeah, we had these windows of openness that just happened naturally. It's not like I've ever gone to read a book and said oh actually the first time I read the word polyamorous I was like well poly means many and amorous definitely would come from the word amore meaning love this means that you could have many loves like I was reverse engineering I was like this this is me light
1: bulbs you're like wait a minute there's a word for this
3: so I know a lot of people do like oh bisexual is a nice concept or I think I want to try being with a woman or like oh poly sounds like a great relationship style I'm gonna go and try that I'm like that was never the case for me Mm -hmm. these things were happening and then I have to go back and go oh, there's a name for this. Oh, this is what this is. So it's always just been a very natural expression or it's come out of very natural experiences. It's never been something I have to like
1: push myself into or force myself to try. That's beautiful how easily it worked out between the two of you. And it sounds, she sounds so cool. I mean, she's amazing. She I, I amazing. love that even though your relationship really presented ended, like you can still reflect on her with that much fondness. Yeah. I feel like that's something a lot of people lack or like. They end with bitterness but the fact that you're able to like yeah still appreciate it's been that, seven
3: but, years now that we're out of the marriage and we've definitely had some rocky times trying mm-hmm. to work out how we can be in each other's lives still as friends or as family um, but the love is we were everyone's couple goals you know like even yeah. when we separated people like they wrote newspaper articles about it. It
0: was oh my just God. insane,
3: yeah. So I know it gave a lot of people hope to see how bonded we were and how much in love we were. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is I think our combati- our compatibility really exists in the relationship. We're not so compatible as friends. The so things that didn't work in the marriage are the things that are here now. And we're like, oh, we're mm-hmm. really different or oh, we've got yeah. different values on that. So it hasn't been so easy to just fall into this great friendship, but we're definitely committed to doing it as best we can.
2: Would you mind saying what any of those inconsistencies were?
3: So I think what happened was we had this harmonious band of where we got along, and if she became too outside of that, I'd subconsciously, codependently be pulling her back in, and same with me, if I was going out that way. So I think definitely sexually, she is deeply monogamous, actually, she really loves to devote herself to one partner, that's very true to her, even though I'm sure she'd potentially play with others there's monogamy, there's stability, there's consistency, there's safety, and I'm like a fucking kamikaze. I'm like, Mm -hmm. give me risk, let me throw myself off headfirst into something. I don't know what's coming. Like, leaving Australia and just being like, "Ah, I'm travelling, like, with no plan. free spirit. Yeah. Um, So sexually, I'm definitely very kinky and I'm very bisexual and I'm very poly. So those things would never have got met in a very easy way. And I think when I look at her life now, and what she's created for herself, I can see it's very true to her. But I feel squashed by that kind of lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. where everything's consistent. And it's beautiful. I sometimes crave having a friendship circle like that, where everyone is the same and everyone's really consistent. Here in my life, there's so many people coming in and out all the time. Yeah. Everyone's kind of independent. I can't really put all these friends at a dinner party and guarantee that they're all going to get along. It would be a bunch of strangers sitting there. So, yeah, it's just. I don't need safety and stability in quite the same way. So there's something that feels small or small minded or I feel misunderstood, even if I am or not. I just have this fear of like, oh, I don't belong here, I'm too wild, I'm too crazy, they don't get me. Whereas for her, she loves having that kind of solid community
2: consistency. So do do you feel more set free right now or do you ever crave that stability again? I definitely do. I think
3: there's a nice healthy balance that I could bring into my life of more stability than what I have. And typically I find that when I am in relationships, like the other person
1: brings a more grounded energy that really
3: serves me. But me as an individual, (laughs) I could be a bit more grounded.
1: So what would your ideal relationship container be today?
3: Oh, man, I think about this all the time. I I pray for this all the time. Like, God, bring me a bisexual porn star. (laughs) It's a man? Yes. Okay. Do you know Rocco Sofredi, the porn star? There's a documentary on Netflix called Rocco. I love him. He is like, he's very, very dominant, very filthy, like Mm -hmm. prolific sexual man, but he's got a very deep heart too and you can really feel that. He loves his mum, he was raised Catholic, he still goes to church. He goes to church. (laughs) I know because I was like, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual.
1: What sins does he have to confess every weekend? Well, he says
3: he has the devil between his legs and he's fought it his whole life. But anyway, he uh, watched this documentary with Angela White, who's also, Mm -hmm. she's an Australian porn star who has won many, like, Performer of the Year many times. But she has a Masters in Feminine Studies or Women's Studies. So she's a total feminist. She's amazing. Top of the game, you know. Very true for both of these people to be porn. And they work together? Well, at the end of her film, she's like, I want to fuck Rocco. But he's gone into retirement now, but... She said to her producer, I want to fuck Rocco. So they call Rocco and he says, yes, he'll fly to LA and film this scene. And basically he walks in the room and they start fucking and everyone's like, wait, wait, wait. Like we don't have the cameras. Like guys, stop. Pause. And we can't stop them. They just were like going at it. And they eventually at some point rip them apart and get her back into hair and makeup, separate him. And then they do it again. And so just nonstop. And at the end, chemistry. she was like, fucking Rocco was amazing. It was like a one man gangbang. Jesus, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's my dream man." <laughs> You're like, send me Rocco. <laughs> exactly, a man, and he said, "I'm going to take her somewhere she's never been." I'm like, this is one of the best porn stars in the world. She would have done everything, mm-hmm. and he still believed that he could take her somewhere sexually she hadn't been. So, I need someone like that. Have that you can, slid into those DMs? Like, I've thought about it a lot. He's married. He's beautifully married. <laughs> he's got, like, watch the documentary, please, okay. Rocco. Wait,
2: so he's out of it. Pretty yeah,
3: because he knew it was addictive. He. He had to face his addiction, and he couldn't do that if he was still in the industry.
1: marriages also end sometimes. (laughs) He might be available. Well, he's
3: he's a bit old. I want a Rocco of my own. Okay. You know? So, yeah. If you're out
1: there, hit her up. (laughs) If you're
3: listening, she's ready. So, I need a man with a heart like a woman. You know? Like someone with a deep emotional capacity, but that is still very masculine. And I've never been able to say, I want monogamy, because that's not true. And I don't want to say, I want poly, because actually that doesn't feel good from a safety and stability perspective especially if i want a child i absolutely do not want to think there's me and a kid and my man's off eyeing off other people like i want to know that the devotion exists here for the family so i think like together we're incredibly deeply committed and
1: together we fuck everyone okay (laughs) but i don't want any of that independent play so ideally it would always be you two but would you also do like parties and orgies yes. or would it just be other would, couples or I, singles everything
3: i think and i was like do i really want a bisexual man and i'm like mm, does that mean that he will be seeking a sexual connection with men that i can't provide outside of our mm-hmm. dynamic no i don't want that i would rather a hetero flexible man because i okay. what i love with sexuality is that everything's available to you on the you know like okay. if you're the fucking someone and then you hit one of their walls and they're like oh I don't do that oh I don't like that I'm like oh god you're so boring to me like if, if you're uncomfortable around another men's genitals and we're gonna have a gangbang you like it's you're gonna be in out, your head. yeah <laughs> so you need to be in it you need to be comfortable with anything fuck anything but I want the attraction and the desire to be primarily on me Heteroflexible.
0: Yeah. I like that. I oh, have not heard this <laughs> before. I think
3: no. I
1: think that's a more accurate term for you. I actually. know. I was
2: wondering. I, I heard that. There you like, go. Oh, shit, that's, Light that's really moment.
1: Okay, there. guys. He, he's act- he's not. He's definitely not bi, but you're also not straight. <laughs> Entirely. Your heterosexual A sexual identity that keeps evolving. Yeah. I don't like labels, but in these moments they kind of serve to give no, context that's, and yeah, understanding. Yeah, because that's, that's I exactly... try to think about it with you. I'm like, it's only in very specific situations with yeah. really beautiful men, usually when I'm asking for it to happen or like another girl really wants it to happen. So like it's almost performative, but you're good at it and the guys are always <laughs> into it. So I'm like, what does this mean? Because it doesn't give you the tingles. It's never like done that thing for you. But it still looks great like when it's happening, and I'm like, this is Yeah, this so is my great. ex-partner was like this,
3: he was very dominant. So in the moment, he could dominate everyone in the scene. But he never had a feeling like, I need to fuck that guy. And he could never be with a man as a standalone. Like, there's not enough arousal there. But in the group scene, everything was it's available. part of the performance. Yeah, and the- including trans, and I really love that. But my struggle, I guess, with especially women who identify as bisexual it's almost like glorified to be a bisexual woman, which is a good thing in our society that we've got that kind of freedom. But I'm like, if you wouldn't have standalone sex with a woman or a standalone relationship with a woman, please don't call yourself bisexual. Because for me, as someone that was with a woman for a long time, so many people are like, oh, you're just doing it for us. You're just doing it for a show. You haven't had the right cock yet. Someone said it to me at a recent play party here, like less than a month ago. He's like, I'm pretty sure every bisexual woman I met just hasn't met the right guy yet. Oh, I was like, oh get my out. God, are really you're fired. You're fired. I was like, so that's the same for you? If you haven't met the right woman, you're just going to choose one of your mates? Like, yeah. of course not. You can't, unless It's real for you. If you're there, it's real for you. So I feel like women uh, claim the title too often, which does an injustice to people who have genuine bisexuality. And for men, they don't have the freedom to say they're bisexual. Or if they do say they're bisexual, people are like, oh, he's really gay. He's just not he's, ready to fully yeah. flip yet. Yeah. So there's something called bisexual invisibility, where people completely say, oh, well, she's only doing it because she wants the men. He's only doing it because he's really gay. And then it's not, it doesn't have the same kind of legitimacy. Yeah. So the, I think that's why I had so much resistance to it for so long too, because when I identified as a lesbian, there was almost this like, you can't go back to men. You can't leave us. Or you'll be you kind can, of out of team our now. now. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, are we not fighting for the right to love anyone, except mm. I'm not allowed to love men now? <laughs> so I think when I, I, I left my marriage and then was like, I do want to explore with men again, I, I just went to identifying the straight. It was like only men. Huh. so i was doing that for years and then this partner this dominant partner of mine he was like you know you're bisexual right Well, oh, i don't think he said that first he said tell me you want to lick her pussy and i was like
0: Mm-mm-mm.
3: i couldn't even open my mouth he's like say it i want to lick her pussy and i was like oh. can't say <laughs> He's it. like you're blocked around it and i'm like i am i can't say those words like huh. i i was like why help me like why can't i say this and he's like because you're scared of rejection in your lesbian community, it was not okay for you to be bisexual. And so you've just gone to the other side, and now you're scared of losing this community. That's and there was crazy. a relief of, like, oh, I'm not gay anymore. I can just pass <laughs> in society without all the burden. Yeah. Like, not everyone gets that to be a marginalised identity and then go back into a privileged identity. You know, yeah, if you, you were black, for waiter. example, you don't get the choice to, like, oh, free yourself of blackness for any period of time. So there was this sense of, like, it is a burden. It is a hard and difficult life we choose to be marginalized, mm-hmm. and like a lot of people don't choose it. But you know, you could be closeted well, so and maybe little me. rainbow flag. It's like yeah. in your
1: bio, it's on your how you present yourself, exactly. and what you always have to stick up for like all the parades and the rallies. Now you're like, no, no, I'm just I have a boyfriend again. Exactly, and okay. it's like, oh, I just disappear into
3: society without standing out. I'm not going to get yelled at in the street. I'm not going to get stared at in every venue I walk into. Mm-hmm. I can just like. So there was some relief that came with that. And then he was like, but you're really bisexual. And I was like, damn, I got to leave this community again, mm-hmm. <laughs> which of course you don't, it's you know all inclusive. Yeah. But when you're struggling with identity, it really feels like that, like, where do I belong? And who understands me? And who's not going to illegitimize my sexuality by
1: telling me like, you just haven't had the right man yet. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired of it. <laughs> Like from any spectrum, that's a weird fucking thing to say. So this is usually the part of the episode where I say, so have you ever had a threesome? <laughs> um, I think there have been threesomes and more sums and, yeah. and many different cr- configurations of, of sums. So before we
3: started <laughs> recording, I said, I can't even remember my first. Really? Yeah, I just cannot remember. I was with a couple, I, I, and when it rains, it pours. I've just had five couples in a row as well. Jesus. <laughs> just on a unicorn bender. <laughs> I haven't slept with 10 people in a matter of weeks since I was 20 you know like You're just, just making
1: everyone's dreams come true
3: it's, that's it and I just got to the point where I'm like I'm not going to be anyone's first time anything anymore like mm-hmm. if you haven't had a threesome or if you haven't been with a woman like I'm sorry it's not going to be me you I do not get a hand holder yeah right? I don't get my needs met mm-hmm. it's so nice to fulfill their fantasies it's so nice to blow their mind and they're having like super edgy sexual experiences and I'm just like twiddling my thumbs like this is barely scratching the surface yeah. for me I mean, This is very or ridiculous. often the guys don't get so hard because there's a lot going on mentally for them Mm -hmm. thinking like there's a lot of pressure and I've got to please two women now I'm like "Ah." I'm like I really need to be pounded
0: you're (sighs) you're not even gonna enter me yeah (laughs) hmm
3: so yeah I don't want to be anyone's first time anything but I was thinking back like when was my first time it's almost like it's always been there Hmm. from when I think back it's just merged into all these other kind of sexual experiences but I think when people haven't had a threesome and it's this mystical, far off <sighs> fantasy, there's a lot of pressure to make it happen and to have it fulfill what happens in your mind. But when you start having them, and I'm sure that people that listen to this podcast then get equipped to like, how can I create it? Okay. It's actually quite easy. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, it's not
1: that big a deal. It's, it's it
0: flows. Some, it
1: makes sense once you're in it with the right people. With the right people, yes. it like... You, it just, it's like more Like, why hairs. wouldn't you want more hands? More love. It's just more It's lips. easy.
3: Exactly. It just is, it feels like the most natural thing, and obviously humans have been doing it since the beginning of mm-hmm. time. Like, ancient civilizations were having orgies. It was like
1: pictures of the Greeks, and they're all exactly. just fucking on the dinner
3: table. Like, exactly. It's, it's not like a, a new thing, Eating, people. purging, fucking again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Men, women, all the different stacks.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, and so I think for some people who are really naturally monogamous, it's just they don't want to share. They feel threatened. They feel triggered. Yeah. They don't like the idea, but for me, it's just generous it's sharing it's like why wouldn't we um so I was thinking I think I've had every configuration of threesomes that you could possibly have like all women me and two men or me and more men two women and a guy trans I haven't had trans yet it's on the bucket
1: list you got one thing left yeah
3: okay. yeah actually on the bucket list right now is to organize a gangbang there's multiple women in my world who are interested and finally I feel like I have enough high consciousness men that's that is absolutely pivotal for me you cannot fuck me like a whore unless I feel deeply respected and only once I feel respected and I feel like we're equals then you can degrade me humiliate me you can do all the things that I like but there's no way that any average man in the street gets to access that within me or treat me like that
1: like you have to respect like that boundary is going to be held yes like you know you know how far you can push it exactly and I'm going to give you that freedom without needing to be like be careful, are you, are yes. you paying attention? Like- and
3: the fact that it's ironic. Like, you can only humiliate me and degrade me because you respect me. Like, I don't want to be humiliated and degraded out on the street. I don't want some guy to start insulting me. Like, yeah. I'd hate that. But in the bedroom, I freaking love that. So it's just like flipping the tables, but yeah, it has to start with equality for me. Do you often have very specific... Boundary discussions <clears throat> beforehand before. with your partners? Yeah, maybe to a fault. <laughs>
1: no, but I think that's why you're so comfortable, right?
3: Exactly. And so for some couples, especially on their first time, they need it to be a bit reckless. They need to be like, fuck, we can't overthink this. We're just going to throw ourselves in. And then here comes and We're going to sit down at dinner. We're going to talk about every single possible thing. And it can be a bit of a bona-killer. No, I vouch so for that
1: all the time. Like, people are like, well, what if we just get, get shit-faced and meet her? I'm like, no, 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 no. Your exactly. girlfriend's gonna hate you. Someone's gonna cry. Like, exactly. Talk about what you're. We, it's we mind send people feels. the yes-no-maybe list yes. that they all have to, like, send, check off oh, little nice. emojis and send back to us. It's like butt stuff, hair pulling, names, hitting. Like, what do you. Yes. Because I want it to be good for you, and I don't want you to, like, do some weird shit to me that, like, I wasn't ready for. So, like, exactly. just talk about it. I know it's awkward, guys, but it's so But much it can better. be sexy, too. Like, mm-hmm.
3: It can be fun and I think it is really important that all that talking is done and especially the emotional talking because sometimes it can be like, oh yeah, we're all ready and then someone has that moment of fear or -hmm. someone's stuff has been triggered and it's like, cool, let's talk about it. What are you afraid of? What's coming up? And like you invest that 30 minutes of talking to clear the energetic space, then the sexuality is amazing. But if you don't clear that or you're hiding that or you're pretending you're not triggered, oh my God,
1: it's a freaking disaster. How do you normally have the conversation without it And then, like, flow into it. So, for let's say you am like, Can I kiss her now? Yeah. (laughs) you like, at the point where I'm done, I'm like, I need her. So, let's say you've like gone out to the bar with a couple. Yeah. And then you guys all are like in the taxi, whatever, you get back to the house. And you yep. are like, so we're going upstairs, and you're like, first, we're going to sit down, <laughs> talk about our... Well,
3: I usually meet right. a couple, and I won't go home on the first date. I, okay. I always say, I'm just here to connect, and we get to know each other, because that gives them time to talk mm-hmm. and work out, oh, fuck, lots came up for us that we didn't think about. Or okay. if they're a great couple, they're like, oh, we did talk about that, but that's some good questions. Because like, quite often, I recommend, like, how can you reconnect after the threesome?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
3: you're opening your container to include me, which is amazing. And I really appreciate when they have a uh, high consideration for my needs mm-hmm. and they say, do you want to stay the night? What do you need? How do you feel satisfied here? But when I'm departing again, I say to them, choose what's going to close you guys back together or re-establish your bond. And maybe you guys just fuck. And if you do that in front of me, I'd love it. But if I am emotionally needy, if I've got unmet needs, I will not be a unicorn. It's a terrible place to go. You know, it's. I think that's why unicorns are so hard to find. Because to find a woman who is emotionally met and capable of like just giving and having fun without needing something in return. Yeah. It's if you need something, it's not often that it's going to happen there. And if something goes wrong, they're going to get triggered and shut down, and you feel even more rejected or abandoned from the dynamic. Why do you smile gently and look at each other oh. as I
1: say that? I was. I was just no, thinking. It just sounds about, accurate. Yeah, it's very accurate, and I'm just thinking about how. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think every single time I'm the one who always like, not secretly, but it's kind of like incognito, like has the conversation with the girl and it's usually like the night before or mm-hmm. like when she's on the way When and I'm like texting her and like, like figuring out this whole list because often the girls, because of the people that we've tended to be with in the past are like first timers, mm-hmm. super shy, like mm-hmm. some of them have like been virgins, like have no idea what's happening. Wow. So they're afraid to tell him, but mm-hmm. they just want him to all of a sudden like know their fantasy and like make it come true. And I'm here like, okay, so you're going to do this? She's not into that, but like halfway through you're gonna do this, and they're and they know that I've communicated further. I'm gonna hold that space, but I don't think you've ever had that conversation with any
2: of them, right? I have, yeah, Who? the oh. couple that I did something with. Oh
1: yeah, but I mean when it's us and a girl,
2: no, it's always yeah. yeah but from yeah. seeing how good that is. It's kind of nicer when uh, Lily does it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's your labor, babe. <laughs> yeah, you I, take care of the sweet, innocent young girls and their emotions. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, but
2: I feel like the girls are like more comfortable talking it to her than it's talking to possible. me. If I'm like, hey, what do you like? They're like, whoa, shit, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I want to. And okay, I'm <laughs> like, so what
1: birth control are you on? When was your last STD test? Do exactly. you need a phone number for a clinic? Yes. I can't imagine you being like, so
2: yeah, are it you clean? It's a cross different.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it does it definitely does I think that there is a, a safety or an approachability mm-hmm. in the sameness of female to female um, it would be amazing if we were advanced enough as a society that it would be equal but it's definitely not at this point point.
1: Yeah. and as I think as we're maturing and hopefully starting to like date girls who know a little bit more what they actually want and have some experience they're more able to come to you and just like say what they're yes. you know what they want
3: and there is so much shame around like when my partner said tell me you want to lick a pussy I was like, I can't even get those words out of my mouth.
1: are like, I'm like, going to, but I can't say it. Yeah, yet. so
3: how could I have really advocated for my needs at that point if yeah. I'm afraid to say things? So I think, certainly as my work is a sexuality coach, one of the things I do is unlock their language around sexuality and like give them scripts and sit down and practice and say, tell me no, I'm going to push you. Right. Well, at first I make it easy for them That's to say no. That's a really good So I'm like, what's something that you wouldn't do sexually? And they'd go, I wouldn't have anal on the first date. And I'm like, okay, let's pretend we're on a date. Hey, babe, I want to fuck you in the ass tonight.
1: Uh, um, uh, maybe t- tomorrow
3: yeah and I'm like okay so then I give them a script and just say actually that's a boundary of mine I don't do that on the first date so then I say hey babe I want to fuck you in the ass tonight and they go oh, that's, a, that's a boundary of mine I don't <laughs> <laughs> crying yep and so we just keep going until they go oh that's actually a boundary of mine I don't do that on the first date and I'm like great how does that feel and they're like actually that feels okay practice makes progress so okay now I'm going to push you a bit harder I'm going to push you to keep saying no. So I say, I want to fuck you in the ass night. I'm sorry, that's not something I do on a first date. I'm, I don't care, I'm gonna fuck you in the ass night. Uh, and then they can't even go to the next, yeah. they're like, how then do I But I paid for your dinner, pizza? but I wanted it.
1: Yes. But you said yes earlier, but my old girlfriend did. Oh my God, Exactly. The pressuring.
3: Exactly, so I find open questions in any of these scenarios is not great. Because mm-hmm. people don't know what they don't know. I remember one of the women I said, um, what do you like sexually? And she's like, like this, like we'd gone away for a weekend, everyone's naked, you know, sprawled out everywhere. And I was like, babe, tell me what turns you on. She's like, I don't know. I don't, um. And I was like, oh, I like this. And I like this. And she's like, me too. Me too. Me too. But she needed me to paint the picture. Because the shame barrier stops you from really being clear on what you want. And yeah. so like being led is often a clear, to give them yes or no. like you said, do you like mm-hmm. your hair pulled? Do you like things in your mouth? Can I choke you? Can I call you this? That's easier for someone to say yes or no to than like, what do you like?
1: It's like when you say, What do you want for dinner? And everyone goes, I don't know. But you're like, Do you want Italian? (laughs) Yes. Or do do you you want Chinese? Exactly. One or the other, like narrowing it down. Also, uh, friendly reminder if you're with a partner, even if it's your long term partner, whatever, who repeatedly pressures you into things you're not into, that's a big red fucking flag. It doesn't matter how bad they want it. If you're not comfortable, don't fucking do it. So I have one
3: lover that I'm connecting with online. He's traveling, coming here soon. So he had this fantasy of making me fuck someone that's well out of my league, someone that would Above never or below. below. Okay. He, basically, let's go blow this guy's mind, this mm-hmm. guy that would never, ever be able to fuck you, and then afterwards I'm gonna take control, you know, like I'm gonna have my way with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> And there's certain circumstances in which I would be okay with that mm-hmm. and certain ones that are not. Because not only is this about blowing that guy's mind, it's about degrading me mm-hmm. and making me do something sexually. And with him, I don't have enough trust established yet. With this new lover? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not going to go to those edges with someone that I don't really know. And he is lovingly, not lovingly, but lightly, jokingly pushing it all the time. And I'm like, ha babe. Like, I can say no easily. You haven't like, heard that. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, that's not going to happen. I'll do just about everything, but that's not going to happen. And then he and I were chatting sometime recently, and I said something about pegging, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't do <laughs> that. <laughs> and I was like, oh why? <laughs> so like, you have limits too then. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, I just know I wouldn't like it. It's a mental thing. And I said, exactly why you should challenge that. I find if someone resists
1: a tiny something, a, t- what a, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a couple of <laughs>
3: fingers, we'll start small. I know how to do it well. Oh my God. <laughs> but he, because it was this mental resistance like that, I'm like, there's something underneath it. If you're just like, yeah, that's not my thing. And you're neutral. I'm like, I accept it. But if you have a charge around it, I'm like, that's some time for some inner work to look at why do you feel so strongly against something that you haven't tried. And so he was like, send me some photos of you, or send me a video of you fucking yourself in the ass or something. And I said, oh, you could, why don't you send me a <laughs> Yeah, <trudies. laughs> And so next time we have a chat, I'm going to be like, oh, do you know what, I've decided I'm going to fuck that guy for you. But I just want to fuck you in the ass and film it first. And hopefully that's going to make him go, oh, shit, it's really not okay to do what I did. I don't like that she keeps pushing me, and I've been pushing her that whole time. So it's subtle, you know. Like sometimes we don't know our boundaries until we've crossed it, and what then if he said, "Yeah." What if he said yes? Yeah. I, I find I it because un- I really wouldn't do. What awesome <laughs> I find it highly unlikely, though. He sounds like someone who's
1: a little stubborn. Yeah, he's just
3: young, and he yeah. likes older women. So, mm-hmm. like, I get where his mentality is at. He's got the mentality of a twenty-eight-year-old, you know, <laughs> just like wants to come to a holiday destination get drunk go out and fuck all the good-looking girls and just have a wild time and I'm like yeah I'm my sexuality is a bit more complex than that like you invest in it and will pay amazing dividends but just as a like let's get together for the first time and go do this crazy stuff like
1: yeah. no, it's it needs like be... a deeper more meaningful ending. Yeah. Huh, well I want to hear what happens with that eventually whenever <laughs> <laughs> that one ends up be
3: visiting so you know
1: okay um I have so many fucking questions right now. I'm like,
3: because <laughs> we could
1: just sit here all day. I have so many things I want to ask you. Jeez. Do you have any questions? You've been
3: surprisingly quiet. No,
1: this is just him. This is it's normal. normal. <laughs> 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 exactly. Our <laughs> <laughs> regular ratio of shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. What are your questions? Key?
3: What thoughts? For serial users. I mean, there's a bunch, words.
2: but I want to know, like, if, do you have something, a preference of, like, configurations with girls, with guys, or something? A ratio? mm
3: I think couples work really, really well for me because it satisfies my bisexuality very well. Like I love the difference in the energy of like focusing more on one partner and then focusing on the other, and you know, getting both needs met in the one. So I really quite like that. But at the end of the day, being a unicorn does get tiring because Mm -hmm. like I always go home alone. You know, like there's always this sense of like walking away from something that I really want in my life. I'd love to have that partner that feels like that again. You consider
2: something like more long-term with a couple. That ever been a possibility? Yes,
3: uh, I tried that quite recently, and like just where they were at in terms of their level of consciousness, their communication, their attachment, they just mm-hmm. like I'm asking for something way beyond their Too capacity. Messy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there were so many red flags right from the beginning, but still I was like open to yeah. working on it, but like it just it was very clear that it wasn't going to work. But yeah, I still I think I am designed to be a primary partner. And Mm -hmm. when I think about some of the wounding that I have from polydynamics, it's when I get put in a secondary position. And I know that's not the truth. You know, I know the depth of connection that we've had. I know the significance of me in their life. But if they're already in an established relationship, they have to keep pretending that I'm the secondary. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't really care about labels. I don't, like, the energy will speak for itself. The truth will show itself. And you know that what we have, I'm significant. And it's just like, I, I can't actually allow that. I can't allow you to have that position in my life, so my heart just is like So yeah, I think constantly being in a secondary position is not what I'm built for.
1: So that was one of the questions. You said that you recently just had like five different couples
3: that you had
0: experiences (laughs) with.
1: (laughs) What, or rather, first question is, where did you find these people? Were they from play parties? Were they from friends of friends? Uh, Yeah, some I met in real
3: life. Uh, Two were from field. Okay. Uh, one was from Play Party. No, three were from Field. I was like, Oh my god, who am I forgetting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Field, sorry, please, not that sponsor but like, please sponsor us. Please sponsor us. we talk about you a lot. <laughs> you know, my I got onto Field like nearly seven years ago now. It's mm-hmm. been a long time and that like it served me well at times, you know. I think I definitely get the best quality connections from that app. The fact that people do have to share their desires up front. You know, it's a safer place to be sex positive and be open about what it is that we're looking for. Um, Those other
1: dating apps are just... Are there any other ones that you do like or just primarily No, I got
3: a lifetime ban on both Bumble and Tinder.
1: (laughs) We've been banned from (laughs) Tinder a couple times. I had to buy a brand new phone to get back on Tinder. Oh, wow. But what did you do to get banned on Bumble?
3: Uh, Well, I don't know. It was was about four years ago. I was in Vancouver for the summer and just one day I get notified that they're both... Mm. Son of a bitch. Was that a dog? Yeah, that's a dog. dog. (laughs) (laughs) I was like that's your <laughs> stomach Our couch now. Just <laughs> um but i used to also write people's dating profiles
1: yeah i used to help people with their their tinder bios too and i'd be like look your pictures are all wrong you're not selling the fun you're being too negative they used to have lists of like you can't be this yes, or, they don't, don't do this don't do they're it. wounding it was like i'm, I'm like that's you're not, sexy. not we have a whole episode about that you are not the prize it's one of my favorite ones where i'm just talking shit. i'm like you guys you're not making this sound like fun. Like you are not something that this unicorn really wants to squat and chase. Like you need to make this so appealing and easy for them to come join you. Like don't be a dick. Yes. Um, So any other apps that you do like? Um, uh, Seeking arrangements is quite okay as well. Okay. And that's the
3: website. Yeah. It's a website for sugar babies. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, I am no fucking sugar baby. These are just like, patriarchal arrogant men who just want a woman they can fuck and tell her to shut up and I'm not the kind of woman that you can tell to shut up (laughs) so I thought it was like uh, sugar babies as a genre was perpetuating the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't into it and I was completely of course there's such a strong judgment isn't there that's a sign Erin you got to look under that what's that prejudice about and actually the world is not like that at all of course there are some bad eggs in there but essentially what I do like about it is men that are willing to value your time and they might not be able to offer you a full relationship for whatever reasons, but they're looking to invest in you. Mm-hmm. So in terms of paid experiences, like they're men that will absolutely buy you dinner, take you places. Like they just take care of you in a different way. So that kind of expectation is set up. So I really like it. Yeah, we've um,
1: worked on there before where I used to set up just like lunches. Because mm. I was like, I know I'm not going to do anything, but it was when we were in Canada, like, working with the circus and had, like, no money at one point. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, well, why don't you just put, like, a ridiculous price and just see what would be worth. Mm. And I think I charged, like, four, five hundred dollars an hour. And I was like, I'll just have lunch. And then I'd make him sit in the parking lot in our car to make sure I didn't right. get kidnapped. And they always... And people would do that. Yeah. That's amazing. And they were and they were just usually lonely guys who just really wanted to see something cute at the table and just pay attention. Yeah. yeah. They just wanted to talk. And I would just smile and nod and, and yeah. you know... They just want to show me their dog and their plane and talk about their ex-wife and their kids who are older than me and I was like whatever and I'd order way too much food and they'd be like why like aren't you like some tiny model and I was like no like I gotta eat a lot and I would just take it out to him in the car and be like here's your <laughs> here's your lunch like it was not I would say like the proudest thing we've done for but I was like I'm a good conversationalist I'm yes. happy I walk in I'm adorable and I'm like oh I'm so happy to meet you tell me all about your magazine business I've always wanted to hear about your Magazine licensing
3: business.
1: (laughs) But there has to be something genuine
3: in it. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to be people, people. You know, like, you couldn't fake that entirely. If you hated every minute of it, you couldn't, like, pimp yourself out like that. But, yeah, it's human connection, and it is just an interesting conversation with someone. Like... Of course, there's some bad eggs on there, like, oh my God, some absolute douchebag Be careful people who you meet up with. Always have a buddy. Tell people where you're going. The normal. But I first got onto this when I was living on a small island, and I was super curious about what the... I want to do some market research.
0: <laughs> I'm see very happy with my
3: profile, and actually, I only offer dominance on there. Okay. So I say that I'm actively looking for submissives, but uh, I wanted to see what else was out there, so I created a fake profile, which in hindsight, I... I should have had no photo, no description, but because I'm an overachiever, I want to do it well. So I used a photo of my ex-boyfriend from behind, so he couldn't see his face. There you, go, there you go. And I called myself shy guy and I said, I've just moved to this island and I want to make all my dreams come true. And I got so much attention and a lot of those people were people that I knew and I was like, oh, I'm catfishing you. I'm sorry. You're never going to hear from this oh, profile. Oh I feel God. so
1: bad. <laughs> Do you find anyone that you weren't expecting that you knew in real life where you're like, you sneaky motherfucker, like you're on here too.
3: It didn't surprise me too much. Like there were people that I kind of already knew from the sex scene in Mm -hmm. some way, shape or form. But I was like, "Mm, yeah, I could see you doing that. And there's one friend of mine, she's very, very active in it. Like she almost sees it like a job and her sexuality is very simple. It's very basic. She's just turned on by the fact that they will pay her. Like it, it's no more it's complex clean than that. Cut. And I'm like, Oh my god, for me they need to show me that they've like <laughs>
1: <All> <laughs> they've done this. all this work on
3: themselves, that they're emotionally intelligent, that they can
1: fuck me in the way that I need to. Like <sighs> she's like money makes me horny. Yeah. Done. Yeah. God bless her.
0: Yeah.
3: That's what I thought too. I was like, good for you, that's very true for you. It's yeah. not right for me. And this is where I think a lot of people get into judgment with sexuality, is like they hear about something and then they put it through the filter of their own preferences Mm -hmm. and they go oh i could never do that oh you dominate a man or he wants to be submissive that's gross and i'm like but it's actually not about you and your preferences if you don't put it through your own filter and you look outside and say oh that's very true for aaron like for me i see it as an extension of my coaching and healing practice Mm -hmm. like i sit with those people from uh seeking arrangements and i'm like developing them in many ways especially the submissive men like this is a part of you that society has told you you're not allowed to be that you're weak or there's something wrong with you and I'm going to take that part of you and embrace it and show you how powerful it is and make you feel fully accepted for having this so for me it's work like yeah it's just so easy so when other people like oh how could you see them like that I'm like how could I say that to any of my clients in any circumstance in that environment there is unconditional love and gratitude that you are willing to show me this hidden shadowy part of yourself that the world has told you you shouldn't be Mm-hmm. Like, I have such reverence for that experience. So if you you don't want to see dominant men, that's fine, uh, submissive men, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but like, don't put it through your filter of right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And like, if you keep it outside of your energy field and just assess it as an external thing, then you can celebrate that
1: everyone's sexuality
3: is different. You well. know?
1: Like, oh, good for you. I'm glad, Erin, and I'm so glad
3: for that client that they got that.
1: Um, like, do you find in your experience um, that often men who are coming to be in submissive roles are actually quite powerful in their day-to-day life? To a certain degree, yeah. yeah, which
3: is me too. I'm so assertive in my daily life that mm-hmm. I love being sexually submissive. Oh, I love oh, that opportunity. Relax, so, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like take all the power. Um, but I'm not a passive submissive either. There's some people who are just wired to just be passive in everything, and that's not attractive to me. But um, both of my two ongoing clients at the moment, they both have, uh, like, I need brilliance. That's the thing that I'm looking for. Like in Scooby Doo, he had brilliance in there. Like, I need that thing, and so I see that in both of these men. And I love it. Yeah, I just adore
2: them. I adore them. So I have a question. You've been to a lot of places. Is there one place that, like, was better for you to find partners or sexual experiences? or Bali. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I call Bali sex island. For if sure. you're looking for long-term relationships, it's not a great location. Um, you know, there's a transient nature of people turning over quickly. People want to go for a good time. And I think often when people are on holidays, they... Allow themselves to experience things that they wouldn't. I had so many threesomes in Bali with people who could not do it in their hometown, who either had jobs of uh, a certain position in identifiable position in their towns, or they didn't want their, you know, their kids or the parents at the kids' school to yeah. know all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So if you go on holiday to a tropical island, where drinking and partying and being at the beach clubs, is all part of the yeah. culture, then they've got this sexual freedom to explore more. So, yeah, I found Bali to be fantastic. And the high turnover of people keeps it good too. Like, there's always something new. Whereas when I was living yeah. on Kauai in Hawaii, it's just so closed. And when tourists come, it's a super expensive island, so people aren't spending the money on going out and drinking. Yeah. Not that you need drinking by any means, but there's this, like, frivolous that comes in Bali where everything's possible. You can have the best experiences and stay in the best places. And Costa Feels so Rica. Luxurious.
1: We found that too. Ah. Like certain cheap, places that are cheap where young, broke yes. people can come. Yes. It's like if there are hostels in a certain area, it's probably going to be a fun party, <laughs> sexy place. Because it's like, if you have no yeah. money, you just want to connect with people yes. and go out and have fun. But I feel like when we were in Hawaii, it was usually families, yes. people older, have a bit more stability. Staying they want a nice Hilton. Airbnb. Yeah. It's
3: like not...
1: Yeah. You, you or they're know.
3: surfing or they're getting stoned. Like, yeah. there's not such a community vibe. So, yeah, I found it really difficult living on Kauai and, like, also your standards change completely and, like, you'd match with people on the apps. And also, <laughs> I would match with every single person I was interested in. You know, they come to the Ireland, the Canada pool is lower. Any time I want to say yes to someone, I'd get a match. And then I remember going to Portland for Christmas and on Bumble in particular because there's so many educated people in Portland. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, wow, swipe right, like, ten times in a row, there's ten... Be- I didn't get a single match. And I was like, oh, Bumble's broken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong not yet.
3: I actually wrote to Bumble and was like Cause I was paying for premium and so it shows you the lineup of who's yeah. left you. And if I'm set to men and women, I saw men and women in my queue. Mm-hmm. If I was set to men only, there was no one in the queue. So I wrote and said, Hey Bumble, I'm paying for premium and it's broken. And I got this auto that's like, We suggest change your photos, write something more interesting about yourself. And I was like, You know, slightly offended. I'm like, no, Bumble, this is not me. This is you. (laughs) I wrote back again. I got an autoresponder. And I got so frustrated. I wrote in capital letters like, please stop auto-replying to this. Here are my screenshots. This is a technical glitch. Like, Bumble is broken. (laughs) And all my friends, every time I had a problem, they're like, Bumble's broken. Erin, like, laughing at me. But I was on field, and I actually was in Edinburgh, and I matched on Bumble with a heart surgeon. And I had an immediate connection with As soon as I saw his profile, I was like, it's him. And then he almost backed out of meeting me. He got really intimidated. Oh. But he's super conservative, he's an amazing guy, but not emotional. You know, surgeons yeah. are often that very almost, yes, exactly. So we ended up, I was like, no, you're coming to meet me. I know that this is happening and I still have a very special bond with him now, but we went on this date and I was like this bisexual, like wild person. And I actually think that he might be gay, but he's mm-hmm. definitely bisexual. But there's no way in his life he would ever, ever, ever explore that. And so here comes Erin. Yeah. It's like she could give me those experiences, but I'm not doing it in Edinburgh. So he said, let's go to London next weekend and see if oh, we can find another couple. Nice. And I'm like, I know he doesn't want a couple. I know he just wants a dude, but like, sure. We can, we'll I'll take the woman baby out of steps, the way. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up going to London for the weekend, and I said, Do you know what? I've got this app field. I hadn't opened it in ages. And I was like, and if I pay for premium, I'll see who's liked me. Like, it'll save us time in finding a suitable couple. Yeah, I was in London at the time, and I, I got a free, back then you could get seven days for free of the Majestic oh, membership or whatever. Nice. I had 6,000 matches backed up, and I was like, fuck you, Bumble. 6,000. <laughs> 6,000. 6, I was like, this is stressful. This is not helping. But the glitch in field is it picked up every country that I was in, and those people stayed in my queue. Oh. So I've been like 1,500 kilometers away from people before and got a match with someone that I know from my old life. And I'm like, oh my God. And they just send me a screenshot of my face from Field. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that.
1: I have no <laughs> idea who that is.
3: <laughs> but here we are. This is the thing about this world, isn't it? We need discretion and you're worried that people will find out. But if people are in this world,
1: yeah, we're both discreet. Like, that's what, know. That's what I try and tell couples like you guys sometimes. And you're like, oh, what? Like, what if we're in a small town? I don't want people to find us on Tinder. I'm like, if they're also on Tinder, with their their wife they don't get to say shit exactly right like anyone who's gonna find you on a swinger website yes is probably not gonna out themselves because yes then T- they out themselves
3: like come on tinder is a bit harder because yeah. it's got every man and his dog on there you know like yeah. you will see single people that might identify you but that's swingers you can website set it field yeah. for
1: oh can you um I, I mean tinder at least right you can set it most of the people who are come for our podcast are mm-hmm. couples looking for their right. first unicorn specifically so they're always setting the men is looking for women and the women's looking for women right. which I feel like narrows it down especially by age you can mm. right you can make sure your daughter's friends at high school don't find you by bringing right. up the age you can sometimes like do other I can't locations I can imagine how complex that is I'm City.
3: so grateful that I just get to be me all the time yeah no I can <laughs> one of my submissive <laughs> clients said would you want to film some content for clips for sale which is kind of like owning fans I mm-hmm. guess and he's like you will get more money if you show your face but he likes really extreme filth and degradation. And I'm like, look, that's an irreversible life decision to put porn out there doing the most insanely degrading things to a submissive. Yeah, you can't take it back. But the more I sit with it, the more I'm actually okay with it. But I had to work through a lot of things. I'm like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm like, I guess your dad could see it. I'm like, my dad is watching porn,
1: that and type me, of porn.
3: aggressively degrading someone, that says a lot more about my dad than me, so yeah. it's fine. Like, if anyone finds <laughs> me there, not... we've got a level of safety.
1: Yeah. It's like, if you've, if you've gone through that door, yeah. you're it's, in here
3: with me. You're not going to find that as soon as you open up boobs.com. You know, right. you have to know where that is and you have to <laughs> seek a... it out. Okay. Um,
1: so as a majestic unicorn, what is <laughs> something that you wish more couples knew or more couples did, specifically ones who tend to not know what the fuck you're doing. Mm. I love you guys, but you ask some weird questions sometimes. (laughs) Like, what do you wish people knew? Well, the couple privilege is a very real thing. Mm -hmm. Have you
3: guys talked about couple privilege on the podcast before? So essentially, it's it's something you can't see when you're in it. You know, like a lot of men can't see the patriarchy, but you talk to Uh any woman, she'll tell you the experiences she's had with Mm -hmm. men on the planet. You talk to a black person, and they'll tell you a lot about whiteness. Mm -hmm. So within your couple relationship, you don't see all the privileges that you have how much time you guys get to spend together, the fact that you may sleep in the same bed or you have breakfast together each day. Like there's benefits to what you guys have that the unicorn doesn't. And so you almost need to compensate for that. So if you go into this dynamic with this is our fantasy and you're here as a toy to fulfill our fantasy, that's an incredibly destructive thing for a unicorn. Mm -hmm. Not many people actually want that. If you say, okay, it's about you, what are your needs? What can we give you? How do we make you feel good? What do you need to be able to walk out of here tomorrow feeling great? then you're likely to have great experiences and sustainable experiences and mm-hmm. ongoing experiences. So if you're not aware that you've got couple privilege, you you whisper personal jokes to each other or you look at each other and it's like, what 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 happened then? Yeah. And it's like, I'm on the outside of that all the time. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very aware of those kind of things and not talk about the house that you guys are renovating because actually, I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck about the house you're renovating. Yeah. You know, it's I don't right give a fuck about you. the person that I don't know who that is. Like, don't have those personal conversations that you could have in your own time when I'm there. What a good waste point. of my time and my opportunity to connect if you guys are talking about something that excludes me. Mm-hmm. So I think really being aware, asking the unicorn what they want and making it a more unicorn-centric
1: experience than a couple-centric experience. No, I think That's a really good point. I definitely fucked up a lot with that in the beginning when I was more insecure, mm. where I was like, well, I need to like position this so that like she can be with Key a little bit, but I can, like, snip, snip as soon as it gets too uncomfortable. Yes. And, like, some of these poor girls, like, thank God we're still friends with them. But, like, I've had to, like, send some messages, like, years after the fact. And be like, hey, you know that one weekend when we, like, disappeared? I was like, I just couldn't handle my shit because, like, it was getting too much. And, like, try and not get to that point. Because, yeah. like, now with, like, the knowledge and security I have with him, I'm like, wow, that was that was kind of shitty but, and doing specifically that where I'd be like talking about like all the things we were going to build and places we were going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're not going to be there. So like, don't fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Stop falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you got six hours left, like trying <laughs> to compartmentalize it. But I think it's also almost easier sometimes for the couples when you're with your partner as like a team member and you're like, we're mm-hmm. working together to give our unicorn something yes. rather than like, Oh, she's interrupting she wants something for like mm-hmm. you know you're gonna feel less jealous if it's like we're tag-teaming to yes. do this yes with, you know
3: and yes. another couple that I was with just recently they actually said when they went into a throuple environment they said we are your primary hmm. like you are dating us there's no secondary here you're not less than us but they put everyone on a primary position while still acknowledging that they were deeply bonded I was like, geez, that would make me feel so good about myself. Yeah. That would make me feel so safe and secure. But emotional
1: maturity needed for that. Jesus.
3: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But speaking about the insecurities, I think it's so natural that you're going to go through that. Anyone Mm -hmm. that's, especially as women, we've been trained to be competitive with each other. You know, like... Good God. If you get the man, I miss out. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got to fight for each other to be the prettiest one, to be the skinniest one, to be the sexiest one. Like, "Ah, I've got to get that. And if you get that, I miss out. It's like such a toxic relationship dynamic between women. So... We have to overcome that. Mm-hmm. So to go in and expecting yourself not to be jealous is ridiculous. Like there is gonna be jealousy, there is gonna be insecurities, especially as you take those first couple of steps. So it's more so how do we deal with it when it comes up
0: mm-hmm.
3: rather than trying to pretend that we don't have it or trying to be the perfect couple that's got our shit together when actually, like as soon as the unicorn leave, you start, can't believe you touched her like that No, told you you're not allowed to, and like, whoa I, whoa, I get those messages and I'm like, you guys have
1: some stuff to work through?
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, don't pretend that it's not there, but rather be like, I've got my shit triggered right now. I'm really sorry. And I know this is difficult for you as a unicorn, but I'm feeling really insecure about what he just did. And we just need some time to work that out. Can we come back to you? Like, if you need to create distance between you and the unicorn to manage your relationship, put a time frame on it. You know, like whether it's in the moment, say, can we just have 10 minutes or I just need to get this on my chest because like that
1: was really difficult for me to witness. Have you ever had to pause like that in an actual like sexual situation? We're like, I need 10, I'm gonna come back, and then it actually can start up okay. <laughs> well, the heart surgeon. We go to London for our sexy weekend, we go to a swingers
3: munch. Okay. It's not fun. Oh. We are hands down significantly more attractive than everyone in that room. And by attractive, I'm not saying we're better looking than everyone, but yeah. what you're attract the magnetism. Mm-hmm. And the whole group just like pivoted towards us like we were fresh. Meat. King and Queen. Yeah. Oh. And like everyone and he had this very bizarre thing of saying to every single person, would you prefer to fuck me or Aaron? Would you prefer to fuck me or Aaron? Oh no. Like he was just, this, and everyone was like, Aaron, 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 and I was like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Sarah, why are you putting yourself in <laughs> this situation?
3: <laughs> I was like, it was great for my Like really? All these straight girls think like that? When I'm with this guy that looks like a fucking supermodel and he's a heart mm-hmm. surgeon, he's intelligent and create, he's brilliant. And like, you want to fuck me? What the hell? But it was him actually validating his own insecurity in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know? And so he goes around the circle asking everyone, the girl sit next to me, she just looks at me and she was like, Erin. You know, looking dead in my eyes and I was like, oh, my God, it's on. <laughs> it's yes. just like no. that kind of chemistry is rare. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. So we didn't find a couple, so we said, let's take her back. But the bond between her and I was so significant and, like, I'd also taken some MDMA. That was the last <laughs> time that I'll ever take drugs in general. But, like, in that environment mm-hmm. also, everything's blurry. You can't – you're not attuned to the nuances of everyone's needs i don't know i just remember her and she was a babe and we were fucking and like i hear this sound and i turn around he's sitting in the corner brushing his teeth (gasps) glaring at us
1: i was like no oh he's done Like, (laughs) you guys are still just going at it it's just like are we done yet i was like that poor guy did you notice that he got up and left
3: no no i was way too high and blurry and having too much of a good time electric toothbrush in the corner i was like oh and he couldn't perform either because he'd taken drugs. Like there were so many things oh, that no. made that a Poor difficult experience But he couldn't for him. just
1: enjoy like watching Two Beautiful Women. Too
3: much talking. insecurity present. So had I had my full faculties there and been fully present, I would have picked that up sooner. Yeah. I could have realized like this needs to be more inclusive. Erin, you're just like. So what did you do I with her? Know. Were you
1: like, act, like this has been great. We need to like pause or yeah, did you just. Yeah, I don't think she stayed at the hotel with us that night actually.
3: I think at that point we were like, okay, let's wrap it up. Like, let's... <laughs> He's brushing his teeth. And she actually went home to a boyfriend. Like, Uh-oh. he was like, yeah, you go out to the swingers, you do your thing. Which is also challenging to the guy's mindset because he was so conservative. He just couldn't even imagine that some guy was saying to his girlfriend, oh, if you want to go, go to the swingers party, off you go. <sighs> so he was just challenged by the whole Sounds complicated thing. It really was. It really was. So in hindsight, I wish I'd done that. But other than yeah. that, I, I can't think of a bad thing that's happened. With one of the couples afterwards in the morning, she typically had one orgasm and her history was to have one orgasm and be done. Mm-hmm. So when she was watching me, her mind was being blown of like, oh, that's what multi-orgasmic looks like. And she's like, oh, my God, you'd already come and he tried to enter your ass. And like for her, like that is no the orgasm. worst thing to do after an orgasm. But it would lead her to orgasm. But that... And I was like, oh, babe, I was just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> that was round one. <laughs> I better get anal after that so she was like learning a lot through just this mirror and reflection and I remember one morning i had had my leg over her waist and he was penetrating her and then we were casually sitting over breakfast and he's like yeah she didn't come this morning because your leg was in the way and I was like what
0: Why and
3: she's t- like yeah if you if your leg wasn't me. there I could have touched my clit and I could have come and I was like you both knew that and didn't say shit? I so easily could have. I don't want to be in the way of someone's orgasm because physically you can't reach your clit. I'll reach it for you. But you guys both silently knew this and you didn't say anything. And she's like, I still had a good time though. And I'm like, I know. But like, this is great opportunities for communication. Or Make up. it sexy. Grab my leg and push me to bed and say, I'm going to make my wife come. <laughs> I
1: <I'd> love it. <laughs> mm, that's great. So yeah. They just both looked at each other and were like, "Well, we're just gonna not yeah, do this. We're still
3: gonna have fun." He came, and he in, in their dynamic, he would only ever come with her. Which also, I'm like, oh, sometimes I want that moment, please. Right. like it's fine. That was their boundary, but like I think it was a boundary, but it definitely was a pattern that that's where yeah. he'd like to come.
2: So that's um, Lily's preference as well.
1: That you guys come together,
2: or that you uh, come.
1: Okay. Yes. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's not as much of a jealousy thing for me, but we've had two separate girls really try and get pregnant. Whoa. Like lie about being on birth control Whoa. or one time a condom disappeared. Whoa. So That's some scary at this, shit, yeah. Yeah. So at this point I'm like, just to be a hundred percent fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, either in me or on something someone. Yeah. But like
3: so if you had the established trust, if it was an ongoing relationship with a unicorn that you guys all really dropped into the trust, how would you feel about it
1: Fine. Then? Yeah. If I knew 100%, like, they were clean, not going to get pregnant, like, I'm trying to think of... Who? I can think of someone. I can think of someone who, like, I, I trust them enough. And I, I think we did with them a couple of times. Where I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I can get it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get a snack. I'll be back later because, like, he can... Oh many times. So it's like I'll take the first one, you get the second one.
3: It's (laughs) fine. That is my preference. I didn't want to shame anyone that might be listening that only has one orgasm, but like I absolutely love multi orgasmic partners in general and like I'm very equipped to teach people how to do it. Do you believe men
1: all men have the capacity? Yes.
3: Absolutely. Men get on it. Absolutely. It's like I relate sex to ice skating a lot. It could be any sport, but like all of us can learn to ice skate it. We get in the ring mm-hmm. and we can kind of go around in circles. Maybe you can skate backwards. <laughs> uh-huh. That's about the extent of the skill of most people's sexuality. Mm-hmm. You didn't get a coach, no one taught you how to do it. You just kind of mimicked what everyone else is doing and like, okay, this is going skating it's on a like Saturday morning. Wobbly We baby. had fun, yeah. <laughs> but then there's people that are like, I want to become an ice skater. And so what do they do? They train for it. They get a coach, they master their skills. They do a lot of conditioning. They eat in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Sex is the same. If you really want to master sex and become, like, out of this world, you'd blow people's mind with what's possible with the body. Any one of us can do it. Of course, there's people who naturally have a skill of, like, even circus. Same, circus is probably a better example (laughs) because most people are like, I could never fucking do that, and that's so risky, especially partnered work, but you guys could trust each other. You could read every little thing. Mm -hmm. You, You go to these places that other people are just like, what the hell? But if I have got there with a partner and then we ended and I had so much grief, I used to say when we were together, you cannot fuck me like this and leave me because no one is going to be able to meet this again, which is not true, but it felt like it at the time, you know? Because imagine having a circus partner that you've worked with to go to these things and then you've got to go to Saturday morning, I don't know, the bouncing, whatever, yeah, exactly, the people who jump on the trampoline on Saturday morning, you're like, I'm really meant to do circus with you, holy shit. I've got this capacity I can go to these places and now I have to be satisfied with
1: this. That actually makes a lot of sense because it's like a thing in our career world like often people train together for like 10 or 15 years to create an act and often they end up romantically entwined because you just can't not. It's so intimate. And when they break up you've lost your career. Yes. Like you can't recreate that with anyone else. So they have to like start from scratch with someone else and it's like heartbreaking to watch where you're like all that effort Yes. But because you can't manage your jealousy together you have to end it. And I'm like Yeah So lucky
3: sexuality doesn't take fifteen years to reach that point of mastery. You know you could do it in a year or two of like really committing to it, but you've got to train your body, you've got to train your muscles, you've got to change the neural pathways of pleasure. So if people are only having clitoral orgasms, they have these very ingrained neural pathways, same as like if you've only ever ridden a two-wheel bike, but now you're gonna get on a one-wheel bike, it's You'd like, oh, Yeah, I don't have any neural pathways for this, so I've gotta train it and grind it, and eventually you're like, oh, I've gone from two wheels to one. And mm-hmm. it's the same, I've gone from clitoral orgasms to blended orgasms or internal orgasms, but you have- Blended people. orgasms. <laughs> I wanna get a shirt that says that. <laughs> so yeah, I think everyone, can become multi orgasmic, mm-hmm. but are there some men that could do it way more easily? Yeah, there's some people that could jump on that hoop and just watch you and go, "Let me have a try." Oh, I did that. Yeah, and someone like me who's like, "Oh my God, someone help me, hold me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm too scared to try, but I could still get there. Mm-hmm. It might just take me longer, a little bit of practice. Oh, yeah,
1: that's like brings so much hope. I feel because like, a lot of people assume that like their innate skill is just kind of what they're stuck with, like oh, or women who like. I've never orgasmed, so there's no chance. And yeah. I'm like, well, d- if we've got the same anatomy. It, practice. Yeah. You'll get, right, everyone can do the splits, even if you're naturally yeah, tight hamstrings. Exactly. Consistency and practice, and you warm up, yes. and you don't give up. Because if you do it 10 times, you're probably going to be fuck all. Yeah. If you do it 100 times, you'll get better. Exactly. Like just,
3: and if you've never learned to swim, and you start to learn to swim at 40 years old. It takes more time. Yeah. But if I had swimming lessons at 20, mm. I might have picked the skill up. More easily for numerous reasons so if we have had the same sexuality for a long time of course it takes more commitment Mm -hmm. but it's all possible and i'm super passionate about showing people because we haven't been taught sexuality we did learn from porn or fumbling around with our 17 year old boyfriend that like was terrified of me sucking his dick Uh (laughs) after him the first person i slept with fucked me in 15 different positions and i was like what the hell's happening what is happening you know he's just throwing around so many options oh my god But I needed someone more experienced to show mm-hmm. me that. And so now what I've found with these couples, and I kind of also have this other dream of like uh, coaching or mentoring couples in the moment mm-hmm. where I don't have to give them my body because I'm quite selective about who I want yeah. in my body. But could I be there in that moment? Because like sometimes with the couples, I say it, I'm like, open your mouth, babe, open your mouth, make noise, make noise, like squeeze, boom, she has a mask. Breathe into on.
1: it. Yes,
3: yeah. don't tighten up, don't push down, don't... Like open, 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 and then boom, this huge orgasm happens. Oh. So I kind of have this dream of like being there with a couple and like uh, interactively teaching them. But
1: it's not my sexuality. I picture you with like this little referee hat on. You yeah. like count. You're like Breathe. sex
3: school. Breathe. Ready to go, everyone. Play <laughs> the whistle. We're game on. <laughs> you have so many career options ahead of you.
1: Orange <laughs> director, sex coach yeah. in the moment.
3: But wouldn't that be nice to go on a little holiday? Go get an Airbnb somewhere. And have someone who is very comfortable in eroticism. I can bring eroticism and sensuality and sexuality, but I'm not the turn-on.
1: You're like the facilitator. I'm, yeah.
3: Holding the space for people. And I'm comfortable enough to be in the space, but like, how good that you don't have to meet all my requirements for me to want to mm-hmm. feel sexual towards you.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, sex school with Aaron might be a thing. <laughs> That's
1: tough. Probably on the last section of this podcast, but this is the most popular question. <laughs> Every single time we have a guest, we want to know, as a unicorn, what is your advice for other couples, <laughs> for couples looking to find their unicorns? Where do you recommend they should go? How do they look? How do they present themselves? Because that's like the main problem for like 90% of our audience is like, we have the talk, we know our boundaries, we have this experience we want to have, we can't find anyone who's interested or of the quality that we're looking for. So what right. would you suggest for them? Well,
3: first of all, I would say, what is the quality that you're looking for? Because they mm-hmm. probably have this idealized fantasy in their mind, she's <coughs> gonna Realistic. be, yeah, yeah, she's gonna be, super beautiful, she's gonna be like what we dream of, Mm -hmm. but actually good unicorns don't necessarily look like that. What Mm -hmm. is the quality of a good unicorn? Someone that's probably quite self-aware, that feels some sense of sexual curiosity or freedom, like that can come in any kind of package. Mm -hmm. So if you're being exclusive by saying we only want like stereotypical beauty, then you're eliminating a whole heap of potential amazing unicorns. So I see this a lot, in society in general. It's like, I really like them because they're hot. And I'm mm-hmm. like, go a little deeper. That's why I say I'm looking for brilliance, you know, I'm yeah. looking for that other thing. So it widens the spe- If you say it has to come through a package that's shaped exactly like this, then you're closing the door to every other package that could come in that could blow your mind. Mm-hmm. So not that I'm saying lower your standards, but widen the spectrum
1: so I that you that's not- a good way of putting it. Yeah. people are like, oh, you know, we matched with this girl and she seems really nice, but she's like a four and we wanted a six. But I try and remind you guys, like, for me at least, the best threesomes experiences we've ever had were not with the prettiest girls we've been with.
3: Oh, absolutely! I do. I like, almost like hands swipe down. The to the beautiful people.
1: Well, like the Russian girl. There's a lot of Russian girls in LA right now, and they tend to be really, really pretty. Look at beautiful. To and look that's at. about it. They come and they sit on their phone. They don't want to talk to you. They starfish. Wow. They're not into like. Wow. Like they don't want to I don't know like if I spoke Russian, it might be a whole different situation Mm. but two for two now Key had a great time they were great looking I think they're also like very far on the straight end of the spectrum where they're like Mm. oh like you're pretty so like we can do this and I was like you're not into anything like Mm. you you just like because we're not paying you like Mm. it's I don't know it was so shallow versus girls who Well, probably not what I would initially be attracted to, but after getting to know them, I'm like, you're fucking cool. Exactly. Like you're a dancer, you do circus, you're an artist, or like you're an amazing singer and you have this thing about you and you're really respectful and you're going on adventures with us and like jump off of waterfalls and you don't give a fuck what your hair looks like, you're actually a really dope person. Yes. Those were way more fun. Exactly. So So I think that's some societal conditioning we all need to overcome. You're not lowering your standard. You're
3: widening your attraction spectrum. Widening your attraction spectrum. (laughs) That's our phrase for the day. The other thing that I like is when a couple tells me enough about themselves in the picture that it's not just, we want to fuck you and for you to leave. Like, I want to know who they are as Mm -hmm. people, which comes back to writing good profiles. Choose photos that demonstrate different aspects of your life so that you don't have to write so many words. So if you guys are really into fitness, put a fitness photo. If you guys are into food, like maybe it's you two at a restaurant, like Mm -hmm. kind of tell the story through the pictures and show what a diverse, like, what are you offering me? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, they're, you know, if you're funny, make sure the profile says something funny. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, and again, I, I'm unusual, I cannot speak for all unicorns, because even within the, I'm a unicorn of unicorns, you know, like, I'm so different from standard. Top 1% of unicorns. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm definitely looking for um, you know, more human connection, and there's some unicorns that don't necessarily want what I want, yeah. and so they could more easily just wanna go and have a sexual experience and it be over. But because I'm looking for that emotionality and, and I wanna connect with them. So the last couple that I matched with on field, they had a photo of them kissing, and you could really like see how happy they were in that kiss, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're bonded, they're, they're, they've got a good connection between them. They had one of them doing something physical. They had one of just her and one of just him, mm-hmm. and I just thought they've done a great job at portraying so much of their life in just the photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were first timers, and they said that they're, you know, holidaying and they're looking for a unicorn, um, and I think they might have said something about it being their first time. But yeah, I thought I thought you didn't do first timers. Well, they were. The that were the last ones. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to say it. If you guys are listening, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, that was a good indication for me to say, yeah, I'm going to change Moving my on settings that a Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get my needs met the way that I would like to get my needs met. But I do feel like I got two great friends out of that. Solid.
1: Yeah. There you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were, there were positive. So Definitely. So widening the spectrum, having a proper bio with good pictures. Yes. Don't have those weird, like, dark... Base, cut out basement pictures where you're just like looking for a third. It's like, yeah. that's that's creepy and not yes. appealing. Like, yes. Show us that you're fun. Show us that you're sexy.
3: Yeah, and share more of yourself. So, what else would I like and to the mostly, bio? And that's apps, mostly dating apps. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember one that said, like, we're looking for a girl with daddy issues. And I was like, oh, that's so offensive. Like, what does that even mean? But basically, they want someone kinky, but like, yeah. you're Can you imp- just like, say that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Just say mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I like good communication. Um, and again, make it about the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you guys offer? Like, the
1: value add.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, we're an established couple and we're into this and this and this, and we're looking for, yeah, you know, be explicit and say, we're looking for a one night stand, not, you know, just a one off sexual experience or an ongoing connection with mm-hmm. someone, or um, it's our first time,
1: we'd like to meet someone who is this, this, this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Friendly reminder if you guys are on Tinder, Remember the stupid new rules they have that you can't
0: explicitly say you're
1: a couple looking for a threesome. So words like looking to connect with people, looking to link up with people, message me on Instagram so we can actually talk about what we're looking for. And try not to have a picture of you and your partner as your main photo, which is dumb. I hate that they're forcing people to kind of be deceptive and lie about it, which is why I say to get them off the app as quickly as possible. So you can actually like send them the pictures and the videos and your pitch and kind of like talk about it, but Tinder can, device ban you for life right now if it thinks that you are promoting things such as this, which I think is dumb. It is dumb.
3: I know that there is, like, for some bisexual girls, there is some um, preference to send the man out. Like, if you go onto an app and you're looking for someone and I identify as a lesbian and I'm looking to only match with girls Mm -hmm. and I match with you and then you go hey by the way I'm bringing my man along that can be quite offensive because it's like I'm not here looking for men so in some ways it's better to send the male partner out into that world to manage it because it means that I'm definitely open to matching with men Mm -hmm. so just as a respect to the queer community you kind of don't want to be catfished in there getting a couple when you think you're matching with only a female Um, so I know that that can be a bit of a thing for Gay girls, anyway, but definitely don't surprise anyone. Like,
1: like often my Tinder profile is super careful now because I had to buy a new phone. I was like, I cannot get banned again. So I think there's like one picture of us doing acro like at the end, but it's mostly me and some pictures of me with other girls. Mm. And I'm like, hey, in an open relationship, Mm. I don't specify with who, so I'm not going to get banned. And I'm like, here's my Instagram, please reach out to me. And as soon as they're on Instagram, they're like, oh, you're engaged, you have a partner, he's adorable. And some girls are like, oh, hey, I'm not into guys. I'm like, that's fine, come be friends, do circus. And some are like, oh my god he's amazing let's speed up and I'm like I just wanted you to know we're always double checking like did you see my pictures are you sure you know
3: (laughs) I think that idea that we could also turn this into a friendship is a great Mm -hmm. appealing quality it's like let's connect and see if this is not there but if it's not there it doesn't mean that we're going to just boot you out or you're not going to get your needs met like we could establish a great friendship but realize we're not
1: sexually compatible we've met most of our like 80% of our friends right now in our life are people we girls we've met from apps wow like which i think partly because we don't like go out much yes, like we're working <laughs> all the time and the traffic is horrible in la like yeah. we don't want to so i'm like if i match with whatever 100 people and 10 i actually end up talking to chances are i'm not actually going to end up feeling connected like that but all of our friends like people that live with us right now people we travel with like all of our besties are people we've met on like bumble or tinder which is funny when we're at parties I'm like oh where'd you guys meet we're like definitely tinder like so you're fucking i'm like nah
0: they're just our bestie like what do you
1: mean yeah it, it relaxes it more because I feel like you're also willing to meet up with more unicorns. Mm. If you're not like, Oh, if I meet her, I have to sleep with her. It's like, just chill, like go mm. somewhere that's relaxing. It doesn't have to like, don't invite them to your house for the first time. Mm. I think one of the other
3: dynamics that's important to navigate is like, who's taking the lead. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes when couples are brand new, they're kind of like, we're looking for someone to show us the ropes. And I'm like, not many unicorns want to take the lead. Yeah. Not many people get comfortable to walk into a relationship dynamic and say, all right, you two, this is how we're Two virgins. This. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to cross the lines of that. I don't know where it stands. And yeah. often I used to say, I'll meet you where you meet me. But mm-hmm. I think it's good to just kind of set someone up to say, I'm going to lead this. I'm going to get the wheels. And, like, I'll do it as a unicorn. I'll say, I'll, I'll get us started, but then I like to hand the lead over to someone else. Mm-hmm. But, you know, taking those first few steps can be really nerve-wracking when people are new. That's yeah. why I'm always like, can I just kiss her now? <laughs> it's just such a great, easy way to start. Can we just start? Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to be responsible for holding. I don't want everyone sitting there submissively saying, what next, Erin? Like, no. Nah. Like, step in, create what you want, go for what you want. Mm-hmm. But I'll get us there to start. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> if you could pick your dream threesome with anyone in the world, living or dead, <laughs> wow, who Rocko? would it be? <laughs> like younger Rocco or current Rocco oh, car- well the Rocco that
3: is depicted in the documentary okay uh, in his kind of mastery level his maturity documentary Rocco we got yeah him. and probably Angela White actually yeah yeah
1: that's yeah. the sandwich you'd go for yeah I, I think so that. or would they
3: uh it's such a good question I wish I'd prepared you, I don't you... like prepared questions but like you can have a second threesome so that would be number okay. one what, who the... still Rocco but Rocco and another guy Okay. Oh, there's another actor called Mick Blue. And he, I found these guys, uh, Mick Blue definitely via Belessa because I was Mm -hmm. watching one scene where it's a double penetration scene but he grabs her face and he's whispering something in her face and slaps it gently and, like, he doesn't break the eye contact and he keeps slapping and then he's like, now come, now come. You know, he knows how to go deep into Mm -hmm. a woman's mind and heart to, like, push her to the edge. He's not just, like, fucking her and not connecting. What was the name? What was the name? I th- well, if you Google Ruff MFM in Belessa. Okay. Yeah. And you'll just see he's got <coughs> really Nudes piercing blue taken. eyes. But, like, I, I like his dominance when I see him in scenes because mm-hmm. he really – it's not just a physical dominance. You know that he's in their mind. The mental Yeah, and aspect. he's drilling into them with such full presence and she's getting pounded from behind, and then he'll give her permission to come and yes, – A+. Plus. Oh, my God. A++ plus plus rating. Nick, Blue and Rocco, that
1: would what that would – fuck you up for life you will never
3: Never
0: recover never
1: beat that (laughs) if if you had to pick someone who wasn't Rocco oh man (laughs) (sighs) Mm.
3: I really don't know let's can we still have Mick Blue? sure because that will be the masculine dominance that I love okay that has to be there and then um and you said dead or alive could be anyone anyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, it has to be someone that's sexually masterful. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. they've gone to that level of ice skating. <laughs> 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 has to be someone that's emotional and emotionally
1: intelligent. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, I, it
3: doesn't okay. come to mind
1: immediately. Like our last guest said Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow. And she was like, oh, she's looking classy. And I was like, I,
3: that's wow. a new one. Well, this is maybe where I kind of discredit the beautiful people yeah you know okay. like if you are classically beautiful in any way you have to prove to me 10 times more that you've got some substance that i'm attracted to mm-hmm. like just and actually a friend of mine asked me for some support yesterday because she had a casual she met some guy on hinge they caught up for breakfast they end up coming back to our place she said are you home because i'm going to come home with this guy mm-hmm. and then was like hey that was really unfulfilling and and I, can we talk it out and I was like of course we she can. told you or him she told me okay she told him too <laughs> yeah but she was she at one point she said he was really hot and I was like yeah that's a problem he is used to really picking shallow. up girls fucking them after one day just like in and out like, no effort yeah and beautiful people get away with this and of course we can't generalize and I'm not here to judge anyone but yeah, like I mean I can spot those red flags a mile away and when people haven't been given, like, a whole pass through life just to get by on looks. Put in more effort. Yeah. And that's when they're interesting. And they're, there's something gritty about their character and their nature. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would choose that ten times over before I ever need some sort of physical attraction. Although, of course, I love beautiful people. I love beautiful partners. Yeah. Like, it definitely adds this added element to the arousal. But that's like the,
1: the cherry on top. It should yeah. be the foundation of, like, yeah. just this kind of hollow Russian cupcake yeah it gives exactly. me some thoughts for burning man this summer some things <laughs> i'm considering some people i'm considering um
3: <laughs> do you have a dream threesome
1: uh yeah i've always said that it was young brad pitt like 20 mm. mid 20 brad pitt what how old was he in that fucking movie where he's like some mountain climber in nepal or some shit oh seven years into Tibet. yeah
0: yeah okay that i don't even remember
1: part. the plot of the movie. i just remember yep. him playing for me the first <laughs> time and i was like ah. <clears throat> feelings and then God, I used to say Camila Cabello a little bit. I really like Mexican girls. Mm-hmm. Like consistently, that's the only thing that like really gives my heart tingles because mm-hmm. it turns out I also like Mexican men. So I'm like very <laughs> like Latina, like, flavor yeah, like yeah like shorter, really yeah. feminine, yes. boobs, dark skin, yes. like Kirby really spicy, and, sassy, yes. powerful girls. Yeah. Like I'm not into like the, the timid, shy, oh help me thing. I'm like yeah. if if you're afraid of me, I can, uh, yeah. right. But when they're like <laughs> really, I don't, really spicy, I'm like oh. Uh, oh my heart Irish girls too which is funny because it's different levels but it's just exotic people because I'm such fucking white bread I'm like I need something else (laughs) in this mix so I don't I I mean Angelina Jolie's hot but I think I just appreciate her beauty not that I'm actually attracted like Margot Robbie's beautiful but I'm I'm not really into blonde people usually I don't know I've never even asked you yeah I know you know
2: what's coming I I was thinking about it I I get hit by a bus I'm dead who's (sighs) who's the dream threesome see I don't know I don't know come on (laughs) I think it would have to be someone that I've, I've got, like, some sort of history with. Like, someone that, like, it was wrong or it was bad in the past, or... What about you know, that famous you, porn
1: star that, the, the one with I, the It tattoos? doesn't really
2: excite me that much, though, I She's, don't know. Because you could always just pay for yeah. people like that, for the, the most part. There's like there always, recently. like, beautiful oh, prostitutes right. and stuff, like, you yeah. know? Like, if you're gonna choose anyone, it shouldn't be someone that you can just already buy. It should be someone That's that, like, you have something deep with, for some reason, it didn't work or something like that. I have to say, like, You like emotions. the married ones. He
1: likes the really
3: forbidden yeah. fruit. Well, the, actually, the, the when you said it has to be bad or wrong, that just well, sets me off, too. I love yeah, everything t- I'm not meant to have. That, but, yeah,
1: <laughs> so, Give me the taboo for
3: sure. I'm,
2: just, I'm trying know. to think of all
1: the all of your ex-girlfriends who are, like, married or unavailable. I'm exactly. going through go the list. <laughs> I can, I the, can Those are the much. most
2: exciting for me. Someone the one that I have history with and that they're just, like, it's off limits.
1: So it be two of them, not like one of them no, and then like someone two else. Of them, aren't they? I think I can picture Okay, I get it. I no, have don't some, sue us, we know who you are. Yeah, I have some weird
3: thing about attracting a lot of married people. A lot like almost every significant partner that I've had since my marriage has ended has been married. Whether that's open or whether that's discreet, like I was I was like, like consensually
1: or just sneaky both, on the side. Both.
3: Yeah. Even though I'm a huge advocate for trust and authenticity, like I'm always like what you want isn't wrong. But lying about it is destructive. Yeah. And, like, I really encourage you to go home and be honest about what you want and, like, know that this is okay to want that life and this life. And there is a way to get through
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was a listener question. Thank you guys for sending in again. Um, as a former lesbian slash someone who actually does enjoy women, we have a bunch of women and men wanting to know how do you interact with a vagina? <laughs> Properly, Because a lot of people, I get questions, which I feel like I'm not the best judge because mm-hmm. I'm also, like, mostly straight. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm, I, I'm good at what I do. But especially girls are so, like, I want to have an experience with a woman. I'm so attracted to her. Help. And I'm like... <laughs> Find a lesbian friend and ask them, like, do you have any technical yes, tips or how to's for the beautiful humans out here? So, the first thing is like, every
3: woman is different. Mm-hmm. So, don't think that you've got one skill and you've made that woman come that you're ever going to be able to do it to any other woman. So, you have to identify each woman as a unique, beautiful code to crack and be excited by that. Don't be intimidated by it. Like, look forward to getting to know what it is that her anatomy and her mind and her heart need, knowing that it is often mind and heart. First, before the body gets turned on for women and we all know it takes longer especially if you're a female already but sometimes you we go well this is right for me so huh. no guaranteed will not be right for any other woman on the planet but you <laughs> so i think that's number one is like be curious about it don't get intimidated by it and then use language you know some women like external stimulation some women like internal stimulation some women like it really rough and intense some women need it really light and gentle oh, that's my best <coughs> We, we had an experience I'm recently. Hungry, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, thinking the body about like. <laughs> um, So you can always ask, how do you like it? What makes you come? When you're by yourself, how do you like to make yourself come? Like all those questions, whether it's in the moment in the bed or whether that's over drinks beforehand, they're all like, she will tell you what she wants and what yeah. she likes because we all know. We all know what we don't like. So that's a great starting point. But the other fascinating thing, and I'll give you a link to this video, it's on Pornhub is that the feminine um, genitalia is actually all the same parts as the masculine genitalia. So when you're used to pleasing men, they're pretty simple. Yeah. No offense. The guys are basic. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you please one guy with one technique, you're likely to be able to please many more with that. pretty them. hard to do it wrong. Just kind yeah. Of, don't break it, but then you're yeah. good. It's yeah. pretty, and then they'll tell you harder, faster, mm-hmm. done. Um, so... All the same part, like when we're in utero, we actually all have the same parts, but they express differently.
1: The is, turns into a tiny dick, exactly. or a bigger dick.
3: <laughs> so actually, all of the stimulation that you're used to doing to cocks is applicable to vaginas. So. You can actually wank the clit, which is a very strange thing. But the clitoris, you see the little bulb externally, but it mm-hmm. obviously has this huge internal structure. So the,
1: the bulbs that go down yeah, on the sides.
3: Right? exactly. So if you were, like, if my thumb was the clit and I have my other thumb and forefinger kind of, like, resting on the outside, you can almost pull upwards towards the, where the lady are Like a up. tiny, tiny yes. handjob? Yes. A tiny, 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 tiny handjob. Hand job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can give it a tiny, tiny handjob. <laughs> okay <laughs> you guys have a homework assignment this week yeah tiny tiny
0: hand <laughs> for everyone
3: <laughs> <laughs> so there's different ways of internally reaching the g-spot which is the internal mechanism mm-hmm. so essentially the clitoral unit can come from forward facing like straight to the clit mm-hmm. stimulus which is what most people do you can have internal by going inside the vagina mm-hmm. you can have behind from entering and accessing it from the anus okay. but you can actually also have on top which is pushing the lower belly down have you ever
1: had it there have been moments where hands were yes. pressed and i thought my soul left my body yes i was like what in the hell exactly for some people when their bladder is full mm-hmm. it actually gets
3: in the way of orgasmic pleasure mm-hmm. and for some people a full bladder actually puts I mean, more pressure it always on makes it better like yeah. when i have to
1: go pee i'm like am i horny or just have yeah. to pee i can't tell
3: and because i like things really intense like to get a like Mm -hmm. punched essentially, that sounds harsh for people that are not into BDSM, but to use that thuddy pressure against Mm -hmm. my lower belly as I'm about to come, oh my God. Well, because it presses
1: all the tissues like into each other.
3: So every woman's gonna be different. If you're pushing on the bladder of a woman that doesn't get off on a full bladder, she's like, I'm gonna stress myself. But I also, a really important point is to be okay if it happens. If you're at that place where you can let go enough that if you're going to pee a bit, it's fine. Just lay down a towel, you're that's good. When, yeah, that's when the orgasms come. Mm-hmm. If you're holding back because you're afraid, then it doesn't matter what technique you've got for this woman, she's holding back. We're not going to get there. So, um, yeah, just understanding the anatomy in that different way, being able to reach towards the G spot is going to be good for some women, but not
1: all of them. Cut your damn fingernails. <laughs>
3: <laughs> File. I, I kind of have a fantasy about <laughs> women with long fingernails, though, because yeah. like they're the forbidden ones they're well, definitely God not the lesbians. If they've Scratch got long, the red, flight attendant nails, I'm like, fucking hurt me with those nails.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing, man. Yeah. That's the thing, if, especially, I don't know what it is about couples, especially when we're starting off that we like the idea of like straight girls, maybe just because it feels more familiar because it's like your girlfriend or like you, but long acrylic nails and vaginas <laughs> don't go together well, man. Like external stuff is fine, and but like it's- assholes. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably worse.
3: Mm -hmm. to have any kind of anal play and be cut because then you have bacteria and infection it's not sexy and it's way more sensitive like that so some girls will like having their asshole played with a little bit Mm -hmm. and some will be absolutely like freaked out by that and some will be begging for it so I think communication is the key and even in the moment to be like because you can't be expected to lie there and like coach someone on how to please you but you Up, can definitely down, say left yeah left. yeah <laughs> exactly you can definitely say more less stronger mm-hmm. harder faster you can say are you liking that babe what do you need like tell mm-hmm. me when you're about to come like i think it's really important that we coach people like that we're getting close to climax because that's when most people go okay let me go harder it's like no 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 i actually I'm telling you that Stop and women moving. actually respond to consistent stimulation mm-hmm. so like actually getting kind of thudded like that is amazing because it's sending like that Pulsation into the clip, whether that's from internal getting pounded like that against the Mm -hmm. G spot, the same as getting pounded by a cock. Mm -hmm. So when you find that rhythm that's really working and they're reaching that place, just keep going. Like definitely don't stop. Definitely don't slow down. Definitely don't speed up, and you'll get there. But I just think we need to take the pressure off ourselves to think like the performance comes down to the orgasm, or I have to do it right or I could get it wrong. Like just enjoy having a pussy in your mouth, how it tastes, how it feels. Like enjoy this woman's body enjoy her pleasure and just let it be about that like at the end of the day anatomy is anatomy we don't have to have a story of like Ooh, it's a pussy and how's it going to taste more like just take a shower you'll live yeah fine, really. and same with like when i first was going back to men i was like 33 34 and i'm like oh my god i feel like a 15 year old girl that doesn't know what she's doing i was so insecure and then when i was there i was like oh fuck it's exactly it's a sensual lover a good lover doesn't matter about the anatomy you, the skills are so much more diverse than just what you do with the genitals. Mm-hmm. So like, the other thing is we get hyper fixated on the pussy as well, you know? And that's how most people masturbate too. All of it. Yeah. So touch her entire body and the feet and like the breasts and the neck and everything. And like while you're there, be grabbing and touching all the other parts of her body. So the nervous, the whole nervous system is feeling it. Like mm-hmm. if you want to run your nails down skin, that's actually activating those nerves, and you can send the orgasmic energy through that. That's how mm-hmm. full-body orgasms are ever going to happen. It. It's not yeah. from just like licking the clit in a certain way, and she's going to have a full-body orgasm. Yeah. Absolutely no chance in hell. So <laughs> like, engage the whole body in that pleasure, and like, just do it for the sake of enjoying it, and take any expectation off the table.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good point because I think a lot of people get fixated on like. But what's like the pattern? What's the rhythm? Yeah. And I'm like, just if you, yeah. if she feels like you're into it yeah, and you make her feel beautiful, everything's better. Same, even not with your unicorns, with your fucking partners,
3: with your wife. Yeah. It's, and it's, as a unicorn, I also like to be like, show me how you fuck your wife. You show me how she likes it. You know, yeah. like that's a bit of a little yeah. hack that I get as a unicorn. But obviously if you guys are coming in and I'm new, mm-hmm. but if he's got more confidence, you can say, baby, show me how you please her teach me. Fuck, that so hard. I love teaching scenarios that's like so That's smart. Like, yeah, show me how you suck his cock. And then you are saying out loud, he really likes it when you do this. And it's you and I, very intense in our moment. He's just like, holy shit, like wow,
1: she really knows me. Like, it's so... It's like, actually really smart, because I've never done it in the moment. It's always before, and I'm like, he likes this, don't do that, you can do this. Yeah. But I've never actually tried like, communicating in the like moment.
3: Yeah, a little you want, me to, you want me to show you how I suck his cock? Come do it with me. <laughs> And then That'd he likes like cute. this and you do it. How do you like it, baby? Yeah, is she doing good right now? Are you starting like, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, because the language <laughs> is such a turn on for me too. You know, when people have sex in silence these days, I'm like, oh, what is happening here? Like, yeah. call me a dirty whore right now. <laughs> Tell yeah. me you're about to fuck your wife. Like, Communicate. Yeah, I love it. But again, we get so blocked around it. So in that moment, we've got so many opportunities to teach. Like, yeah, that was one of my first reasons outside of my marriage. And I thought, oh, good. Oh, she's going to teach me how to use his body you know mm-hmm. and then I got in there I was like oh no I'm here to teach you both something <laughs> it was so validating you know I was so touched oh. one thing she, she started activating my foot thing because he was fucking me and she'd got up to have a glass of sparkling water with mm-hmm. ice in it but she kept the cold sparkly water in her mouth and just put it over my big toe she just put my big toe oh. in her mouth and I was like oh it was like a lightning bolt straight to my pussy it was just like Oh my God,
1: oh, little did endings. I know that I've got a huge
3: feet thing. And it's not a fetish. It's not like I look at someone's feet and be like, I need to fuck those feet. But when they're my lover's feet, I'm like, fucking fuck me with that foot. <laughs> like, just get that all over my pussy right now. But feet in the um, parietal lobe of the brain, mm-hmm. that's where we have all of our receptors for all of our body parts, and genitals and feet sit right next to each
1: other. So people that's why they do... All... I've heard that that's why yes. they can get conf- like confused sometimes or why certain yes. people, especially, not that it's a bad thing, but some people who've had like concussions or certain brain injuries, start becoming very aroused with feet and legs. Wow. And they think that sometimes there's like a rewiring a little Definitely, bit. Definitely,
3: because they're right side by yeah. side. The brain would be interpreting it as nearly the same thing. So I love having my feet touched in sexuality in any way. I don't necessarily need them bitten or licked I'm not a fan of the licking sensation in general. It's not the thing that really gets me there. But like Very to have them gra- like in the last reason that I had, it was she had a strap on and she was fucking me with that and I was just about to come and I was like, said to him, Grab my feet
0: Oh <laughs> yeah,
1: he just grabbed me like that and I came. Well it's a grounding too, like your nervous yes. system I feel like sometimes it, it is that strong same? sensation. You told me when we were It was like, if girls have socks on, like if your feet are warm, you're more likely to come. Yes. So for a lot of women, like also being in high heels is not often helpful because the way that it stretches your calf muscle puts your body at strain. So if you're wearing like Mm. fuzzy warm socks and your feet feel like covered or have pressure on them, you're able to like relax more. Wait till you see
3: Rocco's feet. You might not notice it in the documentary, but there was one point where his teenage son was in one of those gaming chairs on his computer and he reached out with his foot and he just pushed the chair. I was like, oh fuck, I'm so turned on looking at that man's feet. I could tell his sexuality exists all the way down to the very tips of his toes. But in every scene, he's grabbing feet. and But, you know, like he is yeah. fully embodied in his sexuality. Every single part of the body is sexual I team. feel like when we watch this documentary, we're going to have to come back and do a review for you guys. <laughs> it might be a bit confronting for people that are not into intense sexuality. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some scenes and I'm like, why the fuck do they put this in? Like there's one girl in it who's just like, It's definitely showing some of the shadowy things from the porn industry that I don't Mm -hmm. relate to, but him as the humanity in him Mm -hmm. to me is so relatable. I just I loved that it was an emotionally driven film about his own inner experience, his relationship with his wife versus the girls that he fucks and all of that. Yeah, just ignore the bits you don't like and look at the shared humanity between us and the most glorious sexual master of our
0: time and his
3: feet. These sexy sexy feet that I think about fucking all the
1: time <laughs> Rocco you got a fan over here you better like send her a fucking letter I, I thought letter. this
3: too but I'm like how many women sit here and think there's about Rocco surely many I'm sure he has a fan a fan base yeah I follow him on Instagram but it's a pretty boring Instagram but I do I'm,
1: I'm a fangirl well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, into the very last fire round of questions what is the most memorable place you've had sex or the strangest like
3: immediately my brain just goes to the aircraft that time nightclub toilets (laughs) Uh, I think I did it on my parents bed once
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know not so many The airplanes pretty good you might be one of the first employees of and also mile high club at the same time like like that okay Um, what is something you wish you could tell your younger self or advice you wish you could give yourself that
3: everything about my sexuality is okay and there's nothing wrong with me and I'm not it makes me emotional just thinking about it. I really thought that there was... I've had so many bad experiences with people rejecting or being scared of my sexuality that I have held so much shame and confusion around it and because Mm -hmm. it would go on and off and I couldn't understand it and you just feel fucking broken and you think there's something wrong with you. And now I'm like, no, it's so amazing that I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And I feel so lucky to have a sexuality like mine. Like... It's so like fulfilling and rich and yeah everything's possible for me i don't have boundaries in so many ways it's amazing mm-hmm. and i just needed to find people who understood that and could take me to places and like it's made me love and accept myself in a whole different way so yeah i'd go back to that 13 year old girl who was in those chat rooms feeling absolutely fucking shit about herself and like being bullied by boys everywhere i went and i couldn't understand why they were doing that mm-hmm. you know like i on some level must have known that i have something attractive about me but instead I'm just getting relentlessly bullied they would just stalk me around school like mimicking everything that I had to say and I'm like yeah now I know what they were doing they had an attraction to me but they also didn't know what to do with it and so they're also just disguising their feelings by bullying or teasing or whatever it is but like what that did for my poor self esteem at yeah. that age so yeah I'd just go back and say everything about you is okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, if you could give all of our listeners one homework assignment this week, something to practice or to try—tiny oh, hand just...
0: jobs. Tiny <laughs> hand jobs.
1: What would be?
3: Well, I would say include your feet in your sexuality. Okay. S- claw at your body. Like turn yourself on, and then claw at your entire body—your belly, at your legs, mm-hmm. at your thighs, at your feet—and then like see if when you can come, if you can imagine that energy moving through all of those scratches through your body, and and see if you can expand your orgasmic potential. I and mean, that's for men too, or do it to each other. You know, if you're a partnered, do that to each other. Do you have any final questions before we?
2: Okay, you're, <laughs> you're beautiful. The
3: silent one over here. Yeah, he's just—he's one
1: of the beautiful people. Yeah, <laughs> he just holds space and looks really cute. That's his job.
2: Sometimes I'm a little more involved. I'm just tired, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got all the questions over there too. So. I'm hogging
1: that. the iPad. I'm I'll give you the iPad. Um, would you like people to be able to get in touch with you? I think. No, because I've shared things today
3: that are other people's things to share. So I would rather. Okay. I am just some mystical fantasy. She's a idea fantasy of a unicorn woman in your mind. Who, if we are meant to cross paths, we absolutely will.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. And if people are looking for coaching or help, what terms or types of coaches do you think they should reach out to? Yeah, sexuality
3: for? coach, sexuality healer, sexuality okay. coach and healer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also sexual surrogacy. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have heard of this. Mm-hmm. It usually takes place alongside a therapist where you're doing work psychologically with some of the dysfunctional trauma that you've had, and they work with someone who can help you physically and like embody those kind of things as well. So I know that's not available, or as far as I was aware, it was not available in Australia when I was there, but I definitely know that it's a thing in America that you can find sexual surrogacy, but... I also really like communities. I find that um, certainly the BDSM community and kink community has standards that they uphold and Mm -hmm. rules that are collective and it gives you some safe space that other people are watching what's happening. So it kind of prevents some of the more destructive aspects of things. So when people are community involved, it says to me that they want to learn their skill, they want to engage with it and know other people. So I really love, you know, the sex communities in general. I think you can find some good... Connections and even like organic teachers, you know, just like sleeping with someone a bit more experienced than you.
1: <laughs> organic <laughs> teachers, <laughs> yeah,
3: not someone who definitely defines themselves with the, yeah, the scorecard and the whistle and the hat, going let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just
1: broadening your horizons. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming all the way out. To
3: our house and I don't know what made me write stories. to you on Instagram that day, and as I said before we started, I don't remember who told me about you guys. In, oh,
1: and I, I thought you were someone city. else, and yeah. it worked out perfectly. Yeah.
3: And you are like, yeah babe, we've been meaning to reach out and get you on. I was like, oh, I'm so glad! Yeah. Do I
1: know you? <laughs> Obviously the universe had a plan. Well, people just have to imagine her profile looks very similar to another profile, but, <laughs> like, eerily similar. But I'm glad it all worked out for a reason. Yeah, I'm sure people love you. If you guys have more questions or want to have her on, we will definitely do round two where we don't run out of space on our camera card. <laughs> and we hope you have a beautiful day. Yeah, I can talk forever, as you can tell. Okay, I know. You and me, it's a vibe. We could just talk shit forever. You guys do great.
0: Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank i observer. Very two, supportive.
1: Two quality questions from okay. him. Well, as always, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.